The Rage of Sigmar podcast is intended for mature audiences. When the moon is in the Nashville sky And Jacob turns his computer on And Joe powers up his as well And make sure to hit record This is season three of Rage of Sigmar Rage of Sigmar of Sigmar, it's Rage of Sigmar, or Sigmar. And we are back. What's going on, Jacob? I just cracked me a gotta get up to get down coffee milk stout from Wiseacre Ooh. Brewing in Memphis, Ooh. Tennessee. And Ooh. I'm pretty sure that's like 500 calories and 5% ABV. Oh, yeah. I'm having a, a Blue Point Summer Ale. Ooh. Yeah, I've been crushing these because they still have an 18 packs. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, 18 pack. That lasts me like three days. Let's go. <laughs> I was going to make that exact joke, but with a, a smaller number of days. Um, dude, welcome back to the show, Joseph. Welcome back, listener, or listeners, I guess, if both Tristan and Will tune in. Welcome yeah. to Season 3 of the Rage of Sigmar podcast. Yes, it's only 21 episodes in, but we made it. And of course, we are joined, hosted, and ghosted by the man, the myth, the legend, Joseph Pagano. How are you, bud? I'm pretty good, dude. How, how about you? How about you, uh, co-executive intern? Whoa, I got the E-word in my title now? God, that's yeah. exciting. It, it comes with a parking space, but we got to talk your pay oh, to keep the up. shit. Wait, a parking space at the Rage of Sigmar Podcast Network headquarters, a.k.a. Uh, Chateau Berry? Yeah, yeah. You actually get to park in your own driveway now. Dude, Margo's going to be pissed. It's okay. It's okay. That's so exciting. She, she still gets all the same perks. It's just that you get to put your car in the driveway. Yeah, right. I mean, up until but only now. While only while we're recording. So is it in the driveway now or is it? Uh, it's in the garage. Whoa. That is a total breach of your contract, dude. I know. I know. Well, well, Tennessee finally is has reopened the state, so they finally stopped putting hospital beds in, in my garage. Uh, oh, okay. Good, good. Good. Yeah. In other news, um, uh, Tennessee has had two of its three highest COVID case days in the last week. So that's good. Uh, so good glad days, I'm yeah. back at work. Um, I don't know if we do. We want to just get into this right now. Um, I was reading an article the other day that says that like Massachusetts, uh, New Jersey, and New York are like the only three states that are like actually doing well. Yep. The rest and of the country is like seriously. It's like given up. So yeah, so that means I'm not leaving New York State until like I have a vaccine. That's it. So yeah, yeah, you probably I'm shouldn't. Be, I'll but, be out for. But I'm, I'm, out, news, I'm out for NashCon. It's not yeah. happening. I was gonna say in other news, it sounds like NashCon's probably gonna still run just because nobody with a head on their shoulders is making decisions, or no one who's making decisions has a head on their shoulders. Yeah, it's just typical of the of governments. 
of yeah. all governments. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I used to think maybe we shouldn't ever talk about politics in the show, but if you're listening to us and you're going to get offended by us talking about the reaction to COVID, you probably shouldn't listen to our show. <laughs> um, but no, I wanted to say before we get really into it, big shout out to Bud Keller for the beautiful, the new Rage of Sigmar intro. He yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. I'm really excited to hear it when, when the episode drops. Yeah, I'm like super excited. It's just so fucking good. It's so good. So, um, yeah, we love you, bud. And uh, let's just kick it off that we kick every show off, Jacob. What are you working on? Let's talk about your hobby. I, mean, I know the music. Yes. I've seen I've seen pictures, and it is gorgeous. Thanks, bud. So I finally got my ass into gear around getting this Slanesh Daughters of Cain army converted and ready to start painting. Um, I'm at work again, but weirdly, Tennessee has not been hot at all this summer. So I haven't gotten almost any leads and opportunities to go sell HVAC systems, which means I've been home converting uh, like crazy. So I've done 20 canary heart renders, uh, gave them the, the, like, instead of their spear or sickle arm, I gave them all demonette, the like old metal Juan Diaz demonette arms. I'm so stoked we're talking about Daughters of Cain because it's an army that was super hyped up and everyone wanted to play like two years ago. And well, like I just, yep. I just feel like this. You're bringing it back, dude. Bring well, that fucking and, back. That and like nobody fucking plays it in the United States. There's like Chai. There's that guy Thomas from Massachusetts who is like a super sweet guy and kicked my ass at Adepticon. And there's Jake Lacour. And there's yeah, but his, there's his are daughters of Cain. His are his are like his Spartans are, of Cain. Bros, bros of Cain. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, what is it? Um, uh, I'm with him of Cain. Yes. Um, no, no, no. That's not the theme. It's cheaters of Cain. Uh, anyway, and then there's also Dan from Cuban Shenanigans. But like, literally, those are the four people who play Daughters of Cain in the United States. Yeah, you know, I never really thought about it, right? Because they were like so popular for so long, and the commu- like people just got like tired of being told they were jerks. Yeah, and like, and now they they. I don't know if they fit into the meta as well. I actually think they're a little bit of a hindrance because their their big good tricks are going to be shot off the table pretty fast. Totally. Um, but they, they playing, still we're, they, we're they still compete. Now. They're still like taking. They're still winning tournaments here and there. But they're like oh, a bit yeah. of a sleeper pick. It's sort of like Ideneth, where it's like they're still a strong counter to so many strong lists, but you also have to pilot them super well. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I think some of the better armies in the game are like are only the better armies in the game when they're played by a really good player. Right. And like, and then there's other like, ones that are just point and click in auto, like rinse, repeat. Yeah. But it seems like those armies are on the top for three, four months. I mean, Slanesh was doing really well for like six months. Yeah. But like, you know, like I think it's kind of cool. I think it's good. Cause you're, you're good. You're a good player. And when you're, when you're not like when, once we get back to playing tournaments and playing Warhammer, like often enough where you're not when we don't go to tournaments and just go like oh my god I've been out in months let's just get wrecked and like party fuck the t- like let's yeah, go yeah, play yeah. some who cares but like when we're like we can go to a tournament but like I'll be around one like a month and a half ago so like you can kind of say oh yeah I've been hanging out I've been doing my thing I've gotten like my my party angst out sure I'm gonna party like we always do but like not like also kind of focus more on my games I think you're gonna do really well with uh, playing daughters I hope so. so and even if not, it's going to look gorgeous, and you're going to have fun playing because you yeah. always do. Yeah, that's that's also the bottom line. It's like make sure you have fun and make sure you like the models. 
Uh, oh, so uh, back to the thing that actually really kickstarted all this is, and it wasn't Kickstarter. Uh, I a while ago got this guy on WhatsApp. He's like a German, basically like random 3D design bro to design mm-hmm. me some some shields for my mm-hmm. for the Slanesh side of the Daughters of Cain. And until I got those, I really couldn't figure out how I wanted to put together a lot of the aspects of the army. And so I got those print. Or I got the, that file probably like mid-May. And one of my old coworkers, his brother who lives in Denver, has a 3D printer. And I hit him up. I was like, "Hey, uh, you know, your your brother Chris told me you'd be you'd be open to to printing some stuff for me. Let me know how much the resin is going to cost. And like, I'm happy to pay for shipping and like, you know, pay you for the time. Even he's like, "No, don't worry about it. I'll just I'll just print them." I was like, "Oh, fucking sweet." So you know. He prints them and a month goes by and he doesn't make it to FedEx. So I like ask him about it. He's like, oh, I, I haven't made it to FedEx, but I'll print you another another like pack of them. He ends up printing me 72 shields. Oh, uh, sick. In, in, that's, like, that's like more than you'll ever need. Uh, you say that, but like I've used already uh, 50 and I haven't even started with so, like characters. So I've got like 20 and change left. That, that's still really good. That's like probably just enough then. I know. You're gonna I'm always so happy. Be adding little things. Uh, they look really good. Like when I first saw them, I didn't see all the really fine detail work. On yeah. Them. Like yeah. There was like a bunch of filigree and stuff, and they're gonna look so sick when you paint them up. Um, I'm like really hyped for that army for you. Thanks, um, man. Yeah. I definitely went through like a real long hobby wobble, um, but getting those shields because like I didn't know. I didn't ask him. I like I asked him probably like two or three times if he had made it to the the store or to to the FedEx or whatever, like over the course of three or four weeks. And then when he kept saying like, "Oh, I just haven't made it yet," I was like, "You know, it's COVID. I'm not going to push the guy. There's a lot going on. He'll send it when he sends it." And it randomly showed up on. It might have been like Saturday or Monday, and that coincided with me having like fucking no work to do. So, like I said, I threw those on the the harpies. I threw those on. My warlock slash marauders. I threw those on my uh, on. So I have fifteen warlock slash marauders. I have fifteen seekers or hell striders. I have twenty canary heart renders. Uh, I guess I can play them as life takers or heart renders. Uh, and then, and I also like seriously got to work finishing the marauders because what I had done at the time was just the heads and the bodies on the horses, but I didn't have weapons picked out. So I took the glaives off of all the blood stalkers or blood sisters, the like really like sweet beefy spears and gave them all like mm-hmm. real nice spears so I can play them as marauders with javelins. Oh yeah, that's sick. Uh, and they, it's like the exact right scale and I'm so fucking happy with how they turned out. Um, that's bananas, dude. And then when doing, so I did 20 blood sisters, which are the, the fighty snakes. Um, I was like, well, shit, I already used up all these glaives. Let's find something else fun. And luckily I had almost exactly 20 um, of the spears from the Zangor Enlightened. And I stole this from our buddy Will, Slanice. He used some some Zinch bits in a Slanesh army. The thing that about Zinch bits is they're like actually very ornate and sinister looking. And it actually really fits a Slanesh theme if you sort of ignore the, the eye motif and the flame motif. Yeah, but like a lot of those little things are easy, easy, either easy to like file off or just cut off of the exacto knife or yeah. And honestly, like kind of it's only away. right, or it's only if you if you lean into it that you even notice that the glaives actually kind of look like a flame, and no one's gonna be like, oh, that doesn't look like Slanesh. It's like, hey, go fuck yourself. Um, so there's that. Yeah. 
on those 20. And then the last thing I did, so I was like running short on actually the the Blood Bowl heads because I think I got like 60, uh, maybe like 50 or 60 of those, those heads from the Wood Elf Blood Bowl team. So mm-hmm. I went back and updated the heads on the chariots that I had done, which was three Gore Beast and three Chaos Chariots, which I can hopefully use all of them as Lanesh Chariots or also use them as Scourge Privateer, the Scourge Runner Chariots in a, mm-hmm. in a daughter's list because they're a super cheap ally. Did you know that you get... So they're, it's 60 points for one Scourge Runner Chariot, but it's mm-hmm. 150 for three of them. So 150 for 18 wounds and like a decent and three decent shooting attacks mm-hmm. and they move pretty I, well. I recently saw uh, a campaign on the internet for to remove horror bonuses from chariots because the base sizes are too big. You know, I think the person who said that probably doesn't actually play the game that much um, and is like looking for something to seem edgy. Oh, maybe. You know, I, I couldn't tell you though. Um, sounds like some guy from Florida. Anyway, um, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean that. I know some very nice people from Florida. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> I don't really know anybody from Florida. Uh, no, anyway, uh, so I finished. I, I what I did with the for the heads on the charioteers is I sliced the front off of the Malusai heads, the the like masks that have the like two or three curled snakes on the sides, mm-hmm. and I put I sliced on the front of a demonette face. So I'm gonna have a lot of fun sort of painting, either doing them as metallic or as like a blend from metal into some living face. I haven't really figured out how I'm gonna do it, but they look super cool. And then I gave them the big poofy. Daughters of Cain hair, uh, which I think turned out pretty cool. That's right. I really like that. The poofy hair is definitely my favorite part of the eighties motif. <laughs> right, right. I just I kind of want to do some of them with like black and white face paint and a really long tongue. Maybe I'll do that for my fiends because they have super long tongues. Yeah, I would. I would never talk to you again if you did a kiss army. Oh, I was talking juggalos. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck man. <laughs> is, that, is that better? No, I just hate that, like, recently ICP, who is, like, the antithesis of everything that I, I see myself as, has recently been, like, doing a lot of things that align to my strongly felt political views. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn it. Like, I, I want to hate you guys so much, but, like, you keep doing all this fucking, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Um, it's just... Yeah, that, I'm sorry, dude. I can't say I feel your pain, but it's does isn't there something isn't that kind of a good thing to see someone that you thought was awful in the world doing good things yeah i guess i mean like (laughs) i know like violent j his daughter is a fucking furry and he like bought her (laughs) like he bought her like a super expensive fursuit he's like a really supportive dad of it and like it kills me because i like I, I really value dads that are like good girl dads that are like, oh, this is what my daughter wants to do. I'm really supporting it. And he, he actually got a fur suit made for himself so he can go to furry cons with her. That's pretty funny. Also like kind of adorable actually. Yeah. But also like cringy because all the shitty takes I've seen on the internet recently about like Nazism and shit have been from fucking furry accounts. It's like, right. That there's those Venn diagrams look more and more like a circle, but they're not. Yeah, I know. I know. But like, um, you know what? The Nazis in every group are usually the most outspoken of the group, so like right. they're the ones that are talking the most. It's like so the opposite of a silent majority. The vote yeah. vocal minority, but in vocal this case, minority, minority yeah. doesn't mean people of color. It means people with super unpopular opinions. 
Yeah. That deserves just, to be punched in public. Yeah, I wouldn't say unpopular opinions. I would say wrong opinions. Right, no. Like, it's not even it's not even that it's unpopular, it's just flat out fucking wrong. Right. It should be unpopular. It's sadly less unpopular than than it should be. But yeah. it, is, it is straight up wrong. Yep. So uh, what else oh, do we do? Right. The last thing I've been oh. doing is I I did a lot of um I got a lot done on the marble work on a bunch of bases and on the three avatars of Kane. Uh, using the like, the um, the dryer sheet method, which I I think was mixed success, and I'm gonna go back. I was watching one of Vince's hobby cheating videos where he basically does like light, uh, like really thin coat light lines for the the color of the veins, and then basically uses a dry brush to pull the paint back up. Um, mm-hmm. And. We'll see how that goes, if I'm able to pull it off. I know Smorgan has been painting uh, a clan... Fuck, which one is it? The, they're all... Like, the, the clan ninjas, Eshin. Right? Yeah. Yeah, all ninjas, like, crazy list, typical Sam-style list, where it's, like, shit that no one else ever takes. Right. But he's doing all he's doing all hobby cheating, so he's only using Vince's, like, hobby cheating methods to paint okay. it. Okay. And he said he's been super happy, and he's flying through it. Like, I like, I wouldn't say that they look as nice as his um, his mixed destruction list that he was working on, because that okay. shit was coming out really, really good. His, yeah, yeah. The, the brass skulls or whatever they were called. Yeah. Um, but I will say that his progress is amplified beyond, like, I'm like, holy shit, he's fucking flying like I'm right now I'm at like a point where I'm painting like I'm getting one model done in like two days. Yeah. And like but as like, someone to a very, very high level. Yeah, of course, right? But like remember in when we were playing Eighth Ed, I would like I remember I was getting going getting home from work and like granted I didn't have a kid. I didn't live with my wife. Yeah. Like I had my own apartment and I would come home from work, I'd get home at like two thirty and I would paint till like eight o'clock at night, 10, nine o'clock at night some nights, you know, ten ten if I was pushing it. Anyway, but like I would do that and I would get five models done a day. Yeah. And now I'm getting five models done every two weeks. Yeah. Every two weeks. You know, like if I'm being really honest, getting that like done and looking really good, it takes me like two weeks. Right. Um, So granted, like I'm like, I got a lot going on in my life. I'll, I'll talk about that more when we get to my hobby section. I'm just saying like, like the speed, the, the, the euphoria you get out of completing something mm-hmm. is like the same level of rewarding to me right now, no matter what it really looks like. It's just harder for me to to say something's done when it doesn't look as good as the, the other stuff I'm as doing. So, like, yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like um, I would just say that like it always, when you fit, like that's why like I switch back and forth between doing my big models and small models. Yeah. Because every once in a while I just need to feel that like, Oh, I finished something like, right. like that little bump of success. Yeah. Or of, of, of accomplishment rather. Exactly. Yeah, for sure, dude. So what are you been uh, working on though? We talked oh, about dude. my, like this is the first time I've talked this long without being interrupted about my hobby. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to break the, I had to break our, one of our main segments where it's just me interrupting you when you talk oh, about your hobby. I thought you were going to go into yelling numbers again. No, maybe next time. Right. Uh, I've got I've got a couple more beers here to drink, so maybe I'll get to that later. Um, so hobby wise, I am in the home stretch of my first corn iteration, uh, which was conception was about a year ago. Yeah. 
I think it was about a year ago. I I, I purchased most of these models. I, I know at NashCon you gave me one of the Bloodthirsters that I finished uh, about two months ago. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and that was almost a year ago. So I I um, you know what? I got that Dracon model right after uh, Summer Slaughter GT because when I, I got when I won the best painted, I got a gift card for Creature Caster. Sure. So so that came. So I kind of I've been working on this army for almost a year. You know, like not exclusively i painted a ton of deepkin stuff and then sold it immediately yeah and i also like i had my feck army done for nashcon but like right before cancon i was like i changed my whole list and i like i added like 70 ghouls so i painted like 70 ghouls in like two months right you know what i mean like i was so i would say that 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 in that time period i wasn't exclusively working on corn but like i've been really working on this army for probably like nine months and it looks really good and i've like repaint i painted models and then i was like fuck this this doesn't look as good i'm gonna repaint it like right. that's the type of style i've been going for so like and i've done a ton of new things i never did like non-metallic metals and like uh i've been i recently used my airbrush on some wings uh on a model that i don't really talked a lot about i'll talk about it tonight um it's a I've been calling it my bird thirster, but it's actually a bloodthirster conversion from Magnus the Red. Um, the the forge old one or the big forty k one? Mag, uh, no, the the big forty k one. Oh yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. With, with chicken wings. Yeah, he's fucking great. Yeah, so I cut his head off. I used the head from the Dracon model, the secondary head, the human head, and mm-hmm. the, but I cut the front of its his face off. And I put like this giant bird skull that came with Magnus, so it looks like he has like this. He's got like this half human, half bird bone beak face. Yep. And then uh, I cut up his weapons, so he's got uh, he's got the where he usually holds his big. He has like that big spear thing, mm-hmm. or um, in that hand like he a actually now has. Sickle. Yeah, he has. He actually has uh, the fury thirster rip, the whip. Yeah, and that looks he's got super the whip cool. In his, and then I, I slapped a hand axe on his belt and like put chains on. I so mean, you say like you say hand axe, but it's like a very it's like a bloodthirster size axe. It's a, it's one of the extra axe heads from the bloodthirster kit, right? So that's on there. Like you know, I mean, I did a bunch of shit. So he looks really cool so far. And like I painted the wings. I did like all these. Lo- I did like specific lines for every feather stroke on one wing, and then got pissed off about it. And I, like, <laughs> just. I repainted it. It was probably like five days of work. And I was like, you know what, man? I don't like this. It looks cool from afar. You look up at it close, it kind of looks sloppy. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. So I base coated it. And then um, my wife's gone back to work two days a week in the office. Mm-hmm. And if my, do- if my daughter decides to take a nap, um, which she usually does when my wife isn't home, I, I busted out my airbrush the other day and I like smooth blended all of the... Uh, the, the oranges on it and it looks right. really good. Yeah. So I'm very I'm really happy with that and like I'm just like gonna edge highlight around it to make it pop mm-hmm. and uh kind of just work on that for a couple nights and hopefully uh maybe in like a week or two I can get that done. And I have two more gore to do and then the list is done. So That's two more gore so freaking exciting. Yeah so the the army is thirty gore a Tuscor Chariot, a Beast Lord, a Blood Secretor, and four Bloodthirsters. And are they all Boom Thirsters, or do you have one real? No, two, two, two Boom, one Pylon Thirster, the Fury Thirster, oh, and yeah, Scarbrand. Scar yeah. So uh, that's pretty exciting to have that almost done. Yeah, And I've had, some ho- I've had some Hobby Wobbles, you know, like... A, 
it's hard because I'm not playing games, right? Like if I was continuing to play this list, which I was planning on doing a bunch of playing in throughout the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I basically have had like, so I played a, game, a couple games on TTS with it, but like not playing with my own models is not exciting to me. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, I don't care. So I uh, basically was just like, um, I got the bloodthirsters. I played that list a couple times on TTS and I was just like, man, okay, cool. But like, I know this list isn't going to do good in the current meta. And like, I'm at this point where it's like, it's going to be no, like I haven't been to a tournament since CanCon and that was six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to another tournament. Well, CanCon was five months ago, but right. I'm not going to another tournament probably for like a, at least a year with the way things are going here. So it's just like, do I, like, I mean, I'm going to have time to paint more shit, obviously, but I've like, I've been out of work because of COVID, which is, I'm financially okay, but I'm not in a position to be buying tons of models. Totally. Right? So I'm like kind of like just doing a bunch of different stuff at once. I got like a bunch of ideas. I had like a really dope army idea today I want to talk about. Um, before before I go too, too further away from any of that. Um, so I also bought a recently, because I said I'm not in the market to be buying a ton of models. I did buy some stuff. I actually bought all the conversion heads for the rest of my core mortals are. Oh my God. I'm so excited about this dude. Yeah. So I got, I went, I got them from puppets war. They're going to take a long time to get to the States. That's fine. Um, so I got desert Raider heads. They're like these dudes that have like the desert scarves on their face and shit. And yeah. They look and they've really got cool. not like turbans, but like Lawrence of Arabia style, like head coverings. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like that. And, um, those do, those heads are going to go on my marauders. Mm-hmm. So I bought sixty of those because I plan on eventually adding sixty marauders to my army. Yeah. And then for the body for the bodies and marauders, I'm going to use uh, Carrick acolytes. And then for the shields, uh, Cyborg Miniatures makes these like kind of elven kite shields that look really good. So I'm going to use those. And then there's a guy on Etsy who makes like scimitars and fel- I can't pronounce it falcians or whatever the fuck that's what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, Falchions. Yeah. Scimitars and Falchions and shit. So, like, kind of like this, like, Northern African Moorish vibe sword. That sounds cool. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna slap those on those boys. So that's, like, a pretty big uh, conversion for 60 models. And I bought... Uh, they make these lion helms that are probably intended for Space Marines, oh, but they don't have any, like, fucking any cool tech. Dude. They're, they're so like, all so me- cool. these metal lion helms. Those are going to go on all my Juggernauts corn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought... A, 20 Anubis heads too. Cause I'm like, if I add chaos Knights, I'm not going to just give them lion heads. I think Anubis heads would be cool. Those are I really, I'm a big fan of those too. Yeah. So those are really sweet. So in all of that, I also, um, contacted a couple, two different people online. So I have one guy working on, uh, on something definitely. And the other guy is a maybe the dude is working on something. Definitely is actually doing a 3d design for lion heads to use on the juggernauts of my mm-hmm. skull crushers. Yep. And you've seen pictures. Um, it definitely took a lot of back and forth to get it figured out to yeah, look right, but they looked good. You get some feedback for sure. Feedback. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's really cool. And he's like the price point he's given me is incredible. So like, I don't mind. And even if he sends them to me and they don't work out, I'll find a use for them later. Yeah. Like, yeah even totally. if I use them in terrain. Or and like, then yeah, uh, I, I as, as like part of your basing. Yeah. So I, I also contacted 
uh, the guy who did your shields. So, yeah. and he's going to get back to me on like a quote and if he has the time to do it, um, to do two separate head styles. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see whatever happens, but I'm not, I'm not going to chip the guy who's already done a bunch of work. I, uh, you know, when I, even when I told him like, Hey, I want you to just take out this big part that you already did and change it. I like told him like, Hey, I'm not going to, I don't want to, I'm like, this is like almost a full redesign. So I, I, I'll pay you more. I don't want you to feel like I'm like, no, don't now do it this way. I'm not trying to do that to you. So right. um, he's been really cool and his price point's been great. So he like charged me 10, 10 pound to completely redo it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, so when all that's said and done, if I can stand by, because he's also printing them, mm-hmm. uh, if if they come out and like the print's really good, I'll, I'll definitely drop his name here and, and like suggest people. I just I don't want to be like, hey, everyone hit this guy up, and then like I get the print and the print's trash. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I, feel I took I, he's he's a really cool dude and he has some cool stuff and I will definitely name drop him once I have product in hand. And yeah, that's fine. You and know he's I mean? he's doing you a solid at the price that he's printing it. Yeah, the price is super cheap too. Pound fifty per head to print. God, that's good. So, yeah. So it's almost, that's awesome. It's almost as good as free ninety nine. Yeah, but yeah. Considering the delay, I had to wait through. I mean, like, I guess you're you're in no rush to get it done because you have you're possibly going to be doing a commission upcoming and other things are going to be. Yeah, we, market, but still. Yeah. So I, I've never been a fan of commission painting, but you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, and I want to spend some money on hammer. And a friend of mine, a friend of the good friend of the show, I don't know if I want to drop his name. I don't know if he really wants everyone to know that he's getting his stuff painted by me, but um, Chai, he's a great dude. Nola. Yeah, Chai, fuck, dude. No, um, so I'm paint, I'm gonna paint up a bunch of stuff from him. He's just having a problem with getting it delivered to him from uh, Games Workshop. So once that comes, I'll be working on that. Uh, and then when that's over, I plan on, you know, purchasing some corn stuff and possibly also purchasing, uh, some bone splitters stuff. Cause I've been, I've been flirting with them. Yeah. Oh, another thing we should probably talk about that I'm waiting on is I'm waiting on a package from Sam Morgan, friend Uh-oh. of the show. Great Uh-oh. guy. Yo, what is it? Good bloke. Good bloke. What is it? Good bloke. Top list, whatever. Top oh, yeah, was. Uh, anyway. uh, yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Anyway, we need, um, a, we need to find a way to make that that saying five syllables and then seven syllables and then five syllables. Oh, good. Good idea. Good idea. Um, so uh, when it comes in the mail, he's sending me another beetle from Alarial. So this will be my third one. And I'm working on my war mammoth and mm-hmm. I haven't posted any pictures anywhere of it, but some friends have seen it. And I'll, once I get the why builds done, which, what? So then why haven't I seen it, Joe? You've seen it. I said it to you. I fucking helped you design it. I was just being a dick. Yeah, I um. <laughs> so I slapped two beetles together, like a centipede. The third piece is gonna go on, and it'll be a full centipede, and then it has a chopped up war mammoth. Uh, Not uh, war mammoth. A mumak. A mumak. A, a mumak on the back, and then it's got like it looks fucking insane so far. So and then is it a, is it a full? Is it a full set of spire tyrants that's on the back of it? Oh yeah, and also a couple untamed beasts, and I have a uh, blood secretor. He's going to be piloting it. I just need to find it. I need to get a new head for him. So when I get like the some uh, more corn bits, I'm going to give him like a more corn head. Yeah. And then I'm because uh, you know how he's holding his like one hand where he holds the uh, the staff. Yeah. I, I just clip, I clip the staff off completely, and I'm just going to do chain from that hand. So it kind of looks like he's pulling the chains that are going to be attached to the front of the the beetles like 
it's got like the it's like a dung beetle so it has like the long nose piece and then like the two yep top like pincer pieces yep. so i'm gonna have like the chain running to that so it looks like he's like pulling on it to it looks fucking really cool so far it looks bananas actually i did like a bunch of green stuff work and uh there's like green stuff grubs all falling off of it and shit so it looks it looks it's probably like the the it's definitely the coolest model I've ever kind of conceived conversion wise. And it looks fucking fantastic. And I'm really, really happy with it. The only thing I'm afraid of is GHB is going to come out and the war mammoth is not going to be in uh, the GHB and it's going to be squatted. Um, (laughs) And if it is uh, something else. Well, no, I think if it is, I'm just going to put it on my fucking corn display board. Yeah. And then like, I won't, I won't fill the how to up and I'll just put all the characters in the how to on the display board. Yeah, and then you could like do a for our blog. You could do like a a long series about how to do it and like how to make a conversion of that nature. Mm, we don't have a blog anymore. I stopped paying for the website. That's good. Um, I was just looking for a pun to use the word "how to" a couple times. Oh damn! Uh, so I don't know I did how that. to that to you. I did that. Oh, so let's talk about my my army idea that came to me today. Oh, absolutely. All right. So the worst part about being in isolation and not playing Warhammer is I have a ar- new idea for an army every day, but this army would probably be the biggest nod to the guys from the Warhammer fantasy battles days. Okay. And what I was going to do is do an updated, updated models, cities army, okay. but do the dogs of war. Okay. Tell me more. So, the Dogs of War, um, Warhammer Army had like, it was all regiment, regiments of renown. So I have a bunch of Mengil Manhunters, Manflayers, yep. that I was planning on using in a, a Dark Elf Cities Army, which is fine. I'm probably still going to do that one day, or I'll just, you know, because Cities is like an ever-expanding project. Once you start it, you can kind of just keep going forever. Yep. So, uh, you know, Tristan's been doing those like Admech flying guys, right, it's, for his Cities it's Army. It's like straight up Treasure Planet, and I fucking love it. Oh, yeah. it's It's so dope, right? So um, that those dudes could be the Birdman of Ka- Birdman of Casadora, Ka- whatever okay. the fuck they're called. Okay. They were one of the regiments that around. Then you could do. I was looking online, but I would definitely do like forty free guild guard with spears, but just do them as. Um, uh, fuck, I'm drawing the blanks on everyone's names, but there were like there were like three pikemen units in the regiments that were around, okay. and then the, like there was a uh, a wolf riders unit. Nice. In regiments of renown. So, so I was like, oh, the, I could just... The new goblin the, sculpts? Yeah, the new the new goblin sculpts, and I could run them as, like, pistol ears. Also, that is and, like, one of the fucking... One of the best... War, uh, not Warcraft, Underworld kit. Is the I think it's one of the better the one of the better kits that GW's put out recently. Totally and agree. It gives and me the, the rules are actually really good. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know anything about Underworlds, and I haven't read their War Scrolls. No, I'm, I'm talking about in AOS. Their War Scrolls in AOS are good. So, yeah, I just thought that there were, you could do... Oh, and then, like, they had, like, whole halfling units of scouts mm-hmm. in, um, in uh, you know, Dogs of War. And then I was like, oh, I could scratch build a goblin hewer and use that as, like, a, like a hell cannon. Or, what's a, what's you know a goblin what I mean? You've never seen the goblin hewer, or, or are you asking for listeners? I, I don't think I've seen it. Okay, so in, like, in the regiments of Renown, the goblin hewer was a, cor- uh, a, a slayer... A Slayer crude war machine oh. that was literally it was like a yeah you ever see the zipper at the fair you know how what the zipper is the uh, they have it like fairs it's the cars that like flip and it's like a big 
uh, oval and they go up and down and the thing spins and like the cars flip. You know what I'm talking about? It's like yeah. a elongated oval. Yes. It kind of looks like a chainsaw blade, right? <clears throat> okay, yeah, yeah. The, the Goblin Hewer was like a chainsaw blade machine that was throwing hand axes. Huh. So like, like Holy I thought about crap, it. I just Googled it. That is the coolest looking. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> what a so like, stupid so design. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Yeah, so like I, at first I was like when I was talk I was talking to the in the ROSPN group chat, which is basically us, the dwellers, the honest wargamer guys, and the notorious bros. Yeah. Um so and Randy, but Randy's technically a dweller. Anyway, so we're all in this this chat together and like every once in a while we start talking about like the the golden days of war square base Warhammer and like the cool shit that they had. And like I was like, I should do a fucking I should just source all the old models. So when I was gonna do the all out of print dark elf army. Yeah, I remember like, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend all that money on the all out of print dark elf army. Why don't I just source all these fucking old, you know, Warhammer fantasy battles, regiments of renowned units. Like I love painting the old models, dude. It just brings back bring back to being a kid, you know, it's like really nostalgic. Yeah. Um and like finding the number I would need it would be like one unit would cost me like seven hundred dollars, dude. It'd be insane. Right. You know. You know, especially for a city's, city's army, because they're all almost, but almost updating, all of them. Updating are, would be expensive, but not as expensive, and it would be a fun conversion no, project. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is, like, I would get more out of updating them all. So, like, I looked online, and, like, so one of the pikemen units had, like, like these Roman-style helmets. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. And they all, like, wearing breastplates, and they have chainmail on their arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, I could just get free guild guard, because they all have, like, breastplates, too. And then yep. give them the Roman helmets, and then uh, fucking um, uh, Warlord Games make pikes you mm -hmm. can buy that are that are spring metal, so they won't break. Because this this all kind of came out. Say that again. Yeah, this, this all came out of like. So I don't know if I want to say this on air, but like someone we may know has already gotten his Lumineth box set. It just showed up early. Oh. And he was sending pictures of how ridiculous the pikes are. And we're all like, those are just going to fucking break. Yeah, they'll snap. Like, they're just going to they're gonna snap mad easy. You're going to have to face all your models. Like, you couldn't even make it kind of look right in-game because you don't want your opponent moving their models into your pikes. Right. right. You kind of have to, like, leave an inch of space between each set of pikes so that people can actually slot their models in and fit them. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. So I was like, I said, yo, dude, you should get brass rod and just replace every pike because right. that's what I would do. Right. But then I'm like, that won't work. You know why? Because the fucking brass rod's too heavy. Yeah, it'll just knock over the model unless you put, yeah, you you put pennies on the model too. Yeah, you'll have to put counterweights and shit. Yep. So it's just like super over like, man, this is kind of dumb. So then I was like, Oh, somebody's got to make pikes. And then we were like talking. I was like, these kind of remind me of the pikemen from the regiments of renown. Right. And then we were just kind of kept talking about that. And like, that's where it became like, oh, fuck, I should do that army. Like, that'd be so super sick. Can so you I get like the halfling Blood, yeah, Blood Bowl yeah. team, yep. convert them all up to be the halfling scouts, and like just do like a ton of shit. But like, also, the downside of that is like going to a tournament and being like, hey, this is my army, and here's the cheat sheet you're going to need. Like, you know, and like yeah. not everyone signs up for that experience, and I don't want to have a bad play experience for an opponent. But at the same time, the army would look fucking cool as shit. So here's a thought, 
and I've seen people who do this. You know how people have war scroll cards for like normal army you, stuff? You, basically, you can basically just put the war scroll card next to the unit, right? And be like, that's pistol. I, I got one better. There. I got one better for you. You you take the time to do the design work to take that war scroll card and have a picture of the unit, the like converted unit, so you can hand it to people and be like, all right, look, this is gonna be confusing. Here's my army. Uh, you can see on every on every war scroll card what which actual unit it is because I know this doesn't look the way you're probably imagining it. Um, or you say fuck it and you just womp on people. Yeah, like and, and there's you, definitely and you just be awkward. You just be awkward about giving them hugs for the rest of your interactions with them in the competitive Warhammer scene. Oh yeah, good idea. I, I'm known for that. It's it's your it's your so, calling card. Yeah, definitely 100. <laughs> percent so um yeah like i just thought that'd be a really fucking sweet army idea i think it would look really cool um i would really enjoy the time so like i have like a massive corn project ahead of me like i am gonna add i still have 60 marauders i want to add i want to i gotta get nine juggernauts i want to get uh i gotta paint this war mammoth that's gonna probably take me a month dude yeah there's so much to that like so it's actually organic so you're gonna have less non-metallic metals to do than usual there's like no metal on there's like only the metal that i sculpted on for like where there's like on the howda there's gonna be plenty there for those the crew right the the crew will have some metal yeah yeah but um it's more honestly i think the bug is going to be a lot of like airbrush and weathering and like natural dark weird tones and shit which is fine um we'll see what happens when i get to painting it sure um uh but so like my corn list and then like i also have to that list that includes all that stuff mm-hmm. doesn't have bloodthirsters or a uh, or the gore in it so i have to paint battle line so the, the battle line i'm gonna paint will probably be like a gore pilgrims so i have one slaughter priest painted i'd have to get another one yep and paint him and then i'd have to also source uh you know some some blood warriors and blood have, reavers have, have i seen any slaughter priests you've done so far Ooh, I don't know. The one with the lion head on his shoulder. I'm not remembering ever seeing your slaughter priests, dude. Oh, shit. I'll send you some pictures. Yeah. He looks good. Um, I'm actually kind of trying to, like, save my load on this because I want to buy a light box. I want to, like, if I'm going to present. Like, I know I just posted a picture of my skull altar on Twitter, and, like, I'm really happy how that came out. And that was, like, a real labor of love because it's, like, it's just a fucking terrain piece. But I was like, push yourself. You know, make this thing look cool. Yep. And I, got, I put it on a base, and that I think that added to it a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, when that you know when everything's done, uh, I got a I want to do a display board. Yeah. Um, do you have an idea so, of what that's gonna look like? Yeah, I do. I'm gonna do Petra, the Lost City of Petra. I'm gonna do like an AOS one of those. Oh, that sounds super cool. Is it all gonna be yeah. like the same like really reddish orange that you've been doing for your basing? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I want to do it all. I want it to look like because. Petra's like carved out of that stone, right? It's not like they brought that stone to it. So it's going to be that, that like reddish stone for everything. Mm-hmm. And then like a lot of like dusty weathering. And then I'm going to do, I'm like debating on whether or not I really want to do this. But I was thinking about putting into the rock face a realm gate. And then also having like a bloodthirster emerging from the realm gate. So that Sounds means like I'm a very them. expensive and time consuming uh, display board. Yeah, but I was also thinking that I could just put that bloodthirster on like a rod coming out of it, sure. and then 
if I like, oh, I, su- I can summon on the bloodthirster, I'll just yank it off my display board, <laughs> and put it on the face. You know, that's pretty funny. Um, but there's like there's so many different things to do and like figure out. So, um, you know, that's just like, another huge project that's gonna have to wait till I moves into my house. So, and I guess I could segue into that. Like, I have contractors there; they're working. Um, you know, the schedule's going pretty good. There haven't been any really major delays. They got delayed today because mm-hmm. the plumber had a, couldn't make it mm-hmm. for whatever fucking reason. Right. So I should be moved in by, like, the end of July. Okay. And then I'll have a better hobby set up, and then I'll be able to go into the attic to do big stuff. Yeah. So um, there's definitely some stuff going on. So, you know, and, like, moving is going to delay me. And, like, I'm trying to go back to work. My, my company is, like, trying to get – things going again, which is good and bad. I don't really want to go back to work, but the way uh, things work in my union is like, I, you know, you, you kind of work every hour you work goes towards your funds. Right. And, uh, you know, being at, I'm sure if say they do another shutdown tomorrow, right. Like the union's going to have to file. Which they they should, but probably won't happen. Yeah. The union will do like, uh, We'll have to do some emergency stuff. We'll have to move money around to protect the members, right? Because they, they can't leave us all in the lurch, and they won't leave us all in the lurch. Um, so basically, right now, I just I'm looking at it. Like I go back to work for maybe two months. I put those hours in, and then another lockdown is going to happen. Sure. Um, I, it's I know it's super negative to say, but like if you can be realistic about it, it means I'm going to be smarter with my money and 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 just get the time in. Just go and get the time in. Yeah. You know, work for work eight, 12, eight to 12 weeks. And then like, we'll be in like September, October and we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. And you know, who knows, like someone can make a breakthrough and we can have a vaccine by the end of the year and that will change the whole scope of the game. And if we don't, we don't. And that's just what it is. We're going to have to suck it up. Yep. You know, we just have the, to be smart, which right now people don't seem to be willing to do. Yeah, but you know what, dude? I, I look at it like this, dude. Most people – oh, man, there's this quote that's really – I used to love when I was a kid. I don't even remember what it's from, but it's like, most men live quiet lives of desperation and go to the grave with the song still in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I think about that, I think about these people who, like, live this life that is so set in routine. Yeah. So abs- every Friday I go to Applebee's, I have a martini, <laughs> I get a steak dinner. Like, those people – who have those, like, their entire life is based around those tiny, tiny comforts. Yeah. Like, we, like, most of us, people who are like me and you who, like, travel extreme amounts for Warhammer events, like, have this hobby. Like, bro, like, most people don't have hobbies. Yeah. Or ones that they, like, spend this amount of time and money and energy on. So, I like to, people like to talk about how expensive Warhammer is as a hobby, Every other hobby I've ever been interested in is more fucking money than Warhammer. Right, because we we stretch this a lot more. Uh, yeah, and I would also say that like like for my demographic, like things that or for things that are interesting to me, it's like what what else would I would get into? If I wanted to have a small metalworking forge and like do metalworking as a hobby, bro, I'd be spending fucking twenty five grand easy. Totally. And like, have I spent twenty five grand on Warhammer? Probably over 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 six years, right? You know, and that's including like traveling to tournaments and hotels and shit. Yep. And and that's just what it is, you know. Um, So I don't like to beat myself up about the money I spent on Warhammer as much as it's just like 
I know that this hobby is like super fulfilling for me and yeah. some people don't get that out of anything. So like those small creature comforts, like going to the movies or like being able to just go to the mall and shop, like people don't have that. And like, we also live in a super consumerist society that like people feel like if they're not spending their money, their life isn't complete, which right. is why most Americans have like less than $2,000 in their bank account, which is fucking insane to me. That's like, unreal. Yeah. So like, like every time I would ever be like, even when I was living in California and like I had like me and my wife had two apartments, I worked less consistently. I, you know, all that shit going on. And like, I was traveling back and forth to Fresno to see Lindsay and playing Warhammer and all shit. Like I was always tying on money, but Chad, our friend who it was a lot in a lot better financial situation than I ever was. He's like, you're still doing better than most of the country do. Remember that? Like when I'd be hard on myself about money, like oh, I can't swing that. For or sure. like, like we went, I've gone to a couple tournaments where Chad was, and you've done it too, where Chad's been like, "Hey, I'll just front you the money, and, and you get me back when you can." Yeah, and it's one of those things where he's like, "All right, so I got your hotel bill, and that came out to three hundred and fifty dollars. So that's going to be seventy beers. Uh, so every time we go out over the next five fucking years, we're, we just keep a running tally of how many beers he like I owe you. <laughs> and it took me like years to pay off this debt. He would only accept payment in beers. Yeah, because, you know, Chad's the best. You know, he wants to spend that. time with, with his fucking friends. Yeah, so, like, and, and like, Derek Derek one time paid for me to go to Vegas with them. He was like, I got you. Don't worry about it. Just get your flight. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's what our we always did for each other. And, like, you know, and now that I'm in a much better financial situation than I ever was before, like, if, if I had a friend like, oh, man, I really wanted to go to this event, but, you know, a little tight, I'd be like, hey, man, don't worry about the hotel. I already have a hotel room. If there's a room in a bed, you can just fucking hop in. Yeah, totally. And that's that's always been like I think Urban does that a lot. I've had I've had like a lot of people be like, Hey dude, I know you're I know you're like tight on cash right now, you lost your job or whatever, like I'll get your I'll get your hotel. I'm gonna stay there anyway. So like if yeah. it's like me sleeping like, by myself in a queen bed or like with you hanging out, it doesn't make a difference. Like like when Cameron came to LVO, I was just like, Yo, dude, there's room in our hotel, dude, and it makes it cheaper for all of us if you want to go to LVO. And he was like, Fuck yeah, like and none of us like, we've all been friends for so long that like I don't care if I share a bed with you. Like I have absolutely no problem. And like Chad, whenever we would go anywhere, Chad would always be like, I want to sleep in the same bed as Joe because I see he's like he's just like a vampire because I sleep with like my arms crossed and my legs crossed. Like, <laughs> uh, just a holdover from your your, your days touring. <laughs> Where you yeah, had like seven yeah. people in one bed. Do you remember when we used to go to yeah. tournaments and we would we would put like six or seven people per hotel room? We would just have like guys on the floor all over the place. I remember when the last time, uh, well, not the last time I went to, to like the last time I went to LVO, um, and like Johnny Halliburton was there. Yep. They had like nine people in their Vegas hotel room, and like Vegas is super strict about that. And like yeah. I know, like they drove down. And they like bought like they brought like sleeping bags and shit into the hotel. <laughs> they did not care. So, like, yeah, it, it's awesome. It's it's absolutely great. Like, and that that for me, it's like you know, like, oh man. I mean, like, it's so so cool. Like after being married and like like having a kid, like to sleep by yourself in a queen size bed as a, a full grown adult is amazing. <laughs> but like, but it's a little bit better with your, I, with your bro. Yeah, dude, fuck, we, at Adepticon two years ago, we had that king-size bed. It was awesome. It was like you weren't even there. Yeah, I I mean, I never am even close to touching my wife, and that has nothing to do with the size of our bed. Like, I can sleep without ever kicking somebody in a queen-size, never mind a king-size. Yeah, like, yeah, 100% true. So, 
Um, so I guess to round it back back to my hobby, um, I also have been l- looking a lot at playing Bone Splitters because yep. I feel like they're they're an army that has like almost all the tools you need to handle any situation. Like if you run into someone who has like really really good armor saves, yeah. Um, I think they sh- they might struggle against OBR, but the thing is, you can load up on shooting and mortal wounds, and OBR are not great against shooting because their armor is only in the combat phase. Well, yeah, you know, against OBR, I would just throw like one of my high number of attacks units with like a ton of exploding sixes on it, and just be like, "Wait a dice, dude," because you only have twenty fucking models there. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, you know, okay, I did I did thirty five wounds. Like you're gonna save most of them, but I'm still gonna kill ten. And I'm gonna have twenty left over. Sure, know, like or thirty left over. So like, and and then you still have things like big stabbers that can that have high rend. Yep. So like, it's just like you have less access to high rend. So there's definitely some stuff there, and like, um, they're fast. They have pregame moves. They have, mm-hmm. they don't have any teleports, but they have move buffing spells that can double or triple movement and give you fly. There's like, tons there's of definitely some stuff cast. They have really good command abilities. Yeah, like. Um, and like you could also do like the scary monster mash list where you take two rogue idols too, like and yeah. That, and I think that that works too. So there's some fun stuff there, and like I had a, an idea for like a basing and display board um, theme, um, which was like every army I do, I like want to push myself to do more of one thing mm-hmm. or do something new. Right. And for the bone splitters, it's actually like less of new stuff. Uh, except for when it comes to the display board, because I was actually going to try and paint a landscape backdrop and do like Yosemite Valley. So do like this really like untamed American nature v- vibe to it, where yeah. it has like all these like really lush greens and like waterfalls and like that kind of shit. So that sounds so awesome. That's, yeah, like that's kind of like what I would want to do with the OB, uh, I mean, uh, excuse me, the bone splitters list. And like, I would. I mean, I played on TTS last night against Bud Keller, and I guess this is going to move into our next segment. I know you've played a game uh, in person, yeah. and I played a, a couple games on TTS, and uh, I played Bone Splitters last night against Bud, and I enjoyed it, and I want to change my list and try another list and do that over and over again. So my my you thing want, with this one is, on it. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try before I buy. So the list that I'm now more interested in and, like, I still have to try out or whatever, I priced out, and, like, with discounts, it would be, like, 240 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. And like, That's pretty yeah, good that's for not bad. Dude. Yeah, I think I've spent more on a single – I mean, like, <laughs> fucking, my War Mammoth model probably be, like, twice that when everything's yeah, done. definitely. So, like, on the overall, dude, like, it seems like an army – like, I, I don't think it's going to be an army I collect – like I'm planning on collecting my corn army. Right. I think it's gonna be an army that I buy a list. I play the list, and if I really like playing the list, I'll play it for a while, and then I'll sell it. You know, I got a really good amount of coin for my my deepkin, and uh, I think I get a pretty decent amount of cash for my 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 uh, for my feck if I wanted to. So like, do you think um, you'd want to sell your feck? Because I feel like that's been that's been a solid one that you've enjoyed playing a lot, and you can go back to it in between projects. Yeah, I'm not gonna was, sell my feck. I'm just also, I'm just saying that like yeah. Everything, everything eventually goes, like, with for me with Warhammer, like I know people who have like everything. Like Joe Urban has yeah. everything, yep. right? And that's that's really dope. I'm not that guy, right? I'm just like I'll play something for a year or six months and be like I've had enough, yep. And then I'll sell, and that's fine. But like, yeah, my feck, nah. I really like playing them. They have a couple builds. I've got everything I can. I want. I 
Like that's something I have everything I can play almost any list. There's nothing I can't play in that list. The only right. thing I don't have enough of is Terror Geist to run the Gristlegore list, but I've never been interested in that. Yeah. And like the zoo oh, is yeah. the zoo the zoo list is fun in in theory and like a lot of those like monster mash lists are fun. But realistically that was such a that was the power build, so it it's not something people think of in a positive light. Mm. Not even just that though. The uh like so like I I have like painted complete. I have like 70 ghouls painted and I probably have 30 more converted and primed. Mm -hmm. And then I have, you know, I have an arch region on foot. I've got an abhorrent arch region on foot. I've got two terror guys. I got a zombie dragon. I got, you know what I mean? Like I can play anything that I want to play. Like if I wanted to do something really different, I could add more crypt horrors to the list, you know, shit like that. But like, I really like, if anyone's ever like, Hey, I really like, Hey man, I want to play against Feck. I could be like, what kind of list do you want to play? Do you yeah. want to play Super? Do you want to play something that's like, like what I brought to CanCon isn't something that a lot of people, it's like more what people are playing now, but like when I took it, like people were like, it was Still a little different. by the feast day stuff. Yeah. And not just the feast day stuff, but like, you know, putting your arch region at plus three to cast. Right. Like people were like, what? And I was like, yeah, my magic's now super fucking reliable. Yep. And, like that's an army that you need that because your synergies um, rely on it. Yeah, right. Like some army synergies are prayers, which are like reliable, or like innate abilities, which are the most reliable, right? Like because nothing okay, stops them. Yep. Yeah, or like command points, which are resource driven, or like OBRs are resource driven, and they get a lot more of them. Yeah. So there's just there's just all these dumb like anything that's like a two d six on a whatever is the least reliable part of the game. So you need, if you need, if you have an army that needs to run on that or needs that to kind of function at peak performance, you got to put, build in things that are going to make that more reliable. Right. Um, and like effects, most effects casting is pretty low already, but like, you know how many times I fail a five up spell or like, even All if you just time. roll a, yeah. Or if you just roll a five, like your opponent's got a really good chance of dispelling it or, I mean, or unbinding it. Right. So like, there are things if you're playing feck and you're not at least including the dermal robe in your list, I, I would think that that's not a, a good plan. Right. I don't think it's a good plan. So, um, and luckily for feck, they're non uh, court. Like every army has like you know their their courts or clans or whatever. Yep. Like um, their non court is actually I think better than any of their courts. Maybe. My list would be really it would be also good in blister skin sure. because it has the the relocation command point thing. But like taking feast day allows you to conserve a lot more command points. Yep. And like I've never played a super command point heavy army. So like when I was playing bone splitters last night, there was a point where I had five command points yeah. ready to burn. Um, Why didn't you? so? Oh, when I did, it was uh, my sixes. We're exploding into five hits. Nice. I forgot that you yeah. can stack that. You can only stack it if you're playing Bone Grins. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, like, so you can... Uh, so there's a spell Yeah. that goes off on a seven that does it. and that, But that works for all attacks, not just melee. So you exploding... Split sixes on the bows, which is what I did um, at one point. And then... Um, the 
Savage Orc War Boss. He uh, he has one that can only be effective once, and the Bone Grins one, which only can be used by a Savage Orc War Boss, uh, is uh, stackable. So, like my list last night, not to go too crazy on it, I did uh, Snagaruck with three units of five Maniac War Boys. And, and what does uh, Snagaruck do for those of us who don't build Bone Splitters all day? I believe it's run and charge for uh, if they're within 12 of the Maniac Boar Boy. Okay. Which I never really did because I kind of had all my characters in like one spot. Um, and then like I used the Maniac Boar Boys as my like flanking units right. to kind of control the outside. Uh, we were playing Star Strike, so I had to kind of be all over the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I took two units of 20 Savage Oryx with Spears because even though they don't wound as good as the guys with the Choppas, the two-inch range just means you're getting so many more attacks, it's worth it. Right. Um, and then I took 20 guys with bows because I was running Cunning Ruck because I was thinking about it for movement, but I only ever really used it for shooting. Um, and I took six Spear Dudes and two War Docs. Spear Dudes being uh, big Stabas? I mean, not six. It took four. Yeah, four big stabbers in one unit. Okay, sweet. So put me up. Put me up five drops. Uh, I played against Bud Keller, and he was running a Zinch list with uh, thirty uh, unit twenty Zangor, ten Zangor, ten Acolytes, two units of six five Skyfires, a Bray Shaman, a Gaunt Summoner on foot, and the Zinch, uh, whatever the fucking guy is called, the Bray Shaman on disc. Oh, the Zangor Shaman. The Zangor Shaman. Yeah, and uh, like turn one, I like what's so good about bone grins, in my opinion, is you, they can't retru- be retreated from, right? Okay. And so you can't retreat from them. And if you're within twelve, you have to attempt to charge them. And if you succeed the charge, if you succeed, you have to charge. Right. So basically, I was like, well, if I just put like two units like right up in his face, and I get these, I get this charge off, I'll, I'll hit him hard, mm-hmm. and I'll also, um, I'll also make it where he has to charge me. So it kind of just like ruins his whole movement in turn one, yeah, which worked to my advantage. But then like I misplayed other stuff. So I like the end of the game, like I had like, I was like in the situation where I was like, I, I took first turn and I always won priority. Right. If I didn't, if I didn't do that, I would have been in bad shape. Sure. So that makes sense. But like my first time playing the army, I was like, Oh man, I, I already messed this up. I, I see what I did wrong. So, um, so that that's really cool. I like the army, uh, and I like that from playing from like going and look, like making corn lists and like look being interested in playing corn. When you have like forty characters to choose from <laughs> and like twenty something units, like the the chaos book, the for like slaves of darkness and and corn and all of the other ones because they could take the slaves of darkness stuff. There's like a lot of options. Yeah. And then you look at if you look at bone splitters, it's like eight war scrolls. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think War Clans across the whole board has twenty War Scrolls. Yeah, while Stormcast has like fifty. Yeah, like so, like there is definitely a lot. It's a lot easier to kind of figure out what you want to do when you don't have a trillion and one options. I think that suits you, to be honest. Like chaos being chaos and corn being a bit of a different stroke for you there. Like Ideneth very few options you figured out what the, the build is that you were able to yes. play. same thing with Fact. exactly same thing with with bone splitters like having too many options can lead to sort of analysis paralysis or wanting to do everything and then realizing that like that's actually not the best way to go but it's already too late because you've spent so much time investing in like a mixed sort of varied army 
Yeah, like every time I look at um, cities, it's like there's ten different options. What do I want to do? Like <laughs> ten? Like, there's like fifty five. Well, no, there's ten different options for what I want to play. As oh a, yeah, as yeah, a whole. yeah, right. Because there's like four different cities that are actually like seem like fun, and then from there you can build that city seventeen different ways. I think the only city I'm not really interested in giving a shot is Greywater Fastness. Uh, I don't remember what their deal is, and I don't remember much about Anvil Guard. Anvil Guard is the one that suits me most personally because it's kind of like the Mafia. Right. Okay. But like family ties aside, and like, <laughs> lot, lot, like ignoring La Famiglia for just a minute. Okay. Uh, I feel like Tempest Eye, Living City, Hollow Heart. I can't remember what Hammerhall is. I don't. I don't remember Hammerhall. Hammer is the one that you get like the most command points. It's the the for every banner you have. Oh, you that's right. That's right. I think that one's good too. Um, I think I recently saw someone. Uh, I think it was Kyle uh, talking about um, what the fuck is Kyle's last name? He's from the Midwest. Kyle Knapp. Really fucking, really sweet guy. Yeah, Kyle Knapp. He's the guy. He's got the bear, the bear cities army. Yep. The all bears. Yep. Um, he was post. He posted about like how it's frustrating with cities that the battalions are all locked to a per city. city. Yep. Um, but from re- like what I've read and like thinking about the way the game functions, I think Tempest Eye is the best. Uh, Tempest Eye is awesome. It's the just having that amount of movement is like is exactly what you need in this game. Like the only thing. I think the recent meta shift is really required as a pregame move. And not having pregame moves is like... It's death. But, you, but, but, everyone, you, but everyone has access to it. Literally everyone has yeah, access to 20 Marauders. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And if you're running anything in chaos, you don't take Marauders, you just take Untamed Beasts. So. Right, exactly. You can, Or you can take both if you really feel like you need it. I don't think yeah. anyone would, but like, yeah. you could. You have options. Right. Uh, well, I mean, speaking of Tempest Eye, that was what I played against in my game on Sunday with David. Uh, well, let me hear about it. Yeah, so David Griffin and I met up. We played... Um, Father's Day? Father's on, Day on Father's Day, yep. Um, my wife had to take uh, a test for her teaching certification, which she's renewing. Uh, so I took the baby, picked up some Mexican food. And uh, went over, had had lunch with David and Ashley, his wife, and I brought the baby and the dog, and we we played a game of focal points, which is the one where you get, um, oh no, I'm sorry, is it total conquest, the one where you get an extra point if you take it off of somebody? Yeah, I think that's total. Conquest. I think it's total conquest. Yeah, and it's got like your basic diagonal twenty-two point seven inch deployment. Mm, better part of twenty-three inches. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, right. Um, and he was running Tempest Eye. He had the General on Griffin. He had a Hurricanum. He had five, five, ten Pistoliers in the battalion with the General. Um, he had nine Hurricane Crossbows and a Knight of Zeros to give reroll ones. And ten Shadow Warriors, ten Free Guild Guard. Uh, and so he was basically, 
anybody within a certain range of the general got plus one to wound. Anyone within a certain range of the Huracanum got plus one to hit. And then uh, the Azeros, if that was within 10 of my unit, he's rerolling ones to hit. So he was buffing everything to the nines. Um, and I was playing my Skaven, which is basically my stock Skaven list at this point, but it's a Vermin Lord um, Warp Seer, which is the rerollable with the rerollable five up after damage save. So he has four up, four up, five up, five up. Uh, Thankwool, a Bombardier, a Gracier with Skitter Leap, 40 Plague Monks, three ten, or 320s of Clan Rats, a Warp Lightning Cannon, and uh, the the Warp Lightning Vortex and Geminids. So like still pretty, oh, still pretty tooled up uh, Skaven list, even after the quote-unquote nerfs. Like I wouldn't actually call them nerfs. I would say they like they took them and made them a bit more point appropriate. Um, so David made a mistake early. He forgot to deploy his battalion as one drop. He like put down his his pistoliers as individual drops, and by the time he realized it, uh, he had given me the choice of deployment. So I started deploying a lot more aggressively uh, because at first I was deploying, planning on I had to I had to be able to take his alpha. Right, and his pistoliers can run and shoot, or run and charge. Plus, like you mentioned, they're plus three movement in the first turn for being in tempest eye. Um, and then whenever they charge, they get to do another round of shooting. Uh, so they're pretty brutal. Uh, like fifteen inch move, plus getting an auto six on their run puts them at twenty one inches, and they shoot nine. Or if they if they charge. Uh, I don't think they, they shoot. shoot nine. Nine. I, think they, I think they shoot twelve. No, I think they, they shoot nine. Okay, yeah, they shoot nine. Crystal or shoot nine. Uh, oh, the other thing he had—he has—he had a battle mage with um, wild form or wild shape, and so plus, he, and he has yeah, which he didn't end up using. But he also and he had soul scream bridge, which in cities is bonkers because it can go twenty-four inches instead of twelve. Yeah. Um, but I was deploying conservatively to stay away from his pistoliers. And then when we realized that he had misdeployed, um, I I started deploying to take first turn. Um, and the second mistake he made was he left me basically exactly the space I needed to put the Vermin Lord Deceiver in his back corner. I'm sorry, not Deceiver, the Vermin Lord Warps here. So yeah. turn one, I take first turn uh, after measuring to make sure I can get my guy back there. Um I cast Skitter Leap, and then I throw him back there, and with a plus, plus one or plus two to cast, I throw the Warp Lightning Vortex down. It didn't actually do a, like an amazing amount of damage. I never hit a six, so I never did the D6 damage, but it stopped all of his things doing their run and charge or their run and shoot, right? Because you can't run if you start within the range of the of the Vortex. Uh, yeah. I, like, I probably plinked off a couple guys from a Pistolier's unit. Like I probably got them from from like 10 down to six or something. And like, I might've taken off a storm cast, um, but it was actually not the worst, but the him losing run and charge or run and shoot was, was pretty bad for him. Um, it was kind of swingy. If he had gotten a double turn, he would have won the game probably. Uh, but there was a crucial turn where he committed with his storm cast to try to get the double. He like shot off, uh, what did he? What did he overcommit them and shoot off of mine? 
I think he shot some of my uh, clan rats off an objective or shot one of my little characters. I think, yeah, he might have spent it shooting my my Gracier. Because he, like, he let my, my Warpseer just stay in the corner. Uh, and, like, he moved away from it. But um, then I, I just moved Thankwell up and farted off seven of his eight remaining Stormcast. Uh, but that his his army is pretty resilient to battle shock because the the item you get for Tempest Eye is the Patrician Helm, which is like immune to battle shock if you're wholly within twelve of the general. So that's pretty solid. Um, I ended up taking the game. We call it I think after three, um, when all he had left was two fives of Pistoliers and uh, what hero did he have over there? Because I killed his two big heroes. He had something else over there with them. Oh, he had his Azeros over there with them. Uh, so he had like three units left, and I had my Vermin Lord. I had 40 Plague Monks, and I might have had a 20 of Clan Rats left. But it was one of the things where like I was controlling three objectives. He had one, and he would have had to get like absurdly lucky. And even then, him taking that off of me with the board control I can have with the the vermin lord because he his fucking his native spell is 26 inches and it does d6 damage and it halves run in charge rolls which is unreal yeah that's awesome uh so we had a really good time and i ended up taking it out um games with david are always super fun uh i we also realized like every time we play almost every time we play i get out big early and then either i make a critical mistake that lets him back in or he finds a way to, if he gets a double turn or gets like one or two critical strats off, he can like bring the game back. And we always go from like super high energy and super like laid back to like everything is calculated, measuring the back of every model to make sure we can make ranges and shit like that. And it just turns on a dime, which is super fun because we're on the same page about the game. And then it like, so it goes from tactical and fun, but like, you know, throwing back beers to, holy shit, we're going to have to play this super tight to see, to actually make sure we're on the same page as each other. Uh, yeah. And it's like, 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 like at the same skill level, right? Yeah, so, like, and it happens It happens almost every time. It's like the last three or four games we've played have happened exactly like that. Um, and I always get butthurt at myself for, for giving him ways to get back into games. Because <laughs> I just I, mean, I, I want to kick the shit out of him every time. Yeah, but that's the nature of Warhammer, right? Like, right, exactly. Uh, but what about you? I know you played your game against Bud. Have you? And you, you? Did you get a game last week also on TTS? No, no, no. I've just I've played Bud a couple times. Okay. So I played, I played my corn, I played my Tyrants list against Bud and his Gits, and then okay. I played and that was mortal... exactly as boom as you expected. Yeah, that was that was uh, that went pretty well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just like you know what it is, dude. Is like the thing I like about corn uh, and playing against armies that have like a lot of stuff is like sometimes you generate blood tithe more than you can spend. It. You can spend like, it. Yeah. Like once you've thinned out an opponent's army enough, you can just be like, well, in by turn five, I'll, I'll have enough. Like I'll have the ability to summon some stuff and, and like just like. Put it on an objective, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I also played Big Sean. I don't know if I talked about our, our game because he was playing Feck. So he's playing a list similar to my Feck list, and yeah. I was playing my Tyrants list. Yeah. And, like, Summoning won me that game. Summoning won it for you? Yeah, Summoning won that game. 
And it, it won it. It won it by a minor. Like I won by like forty points in the minor. Like I just came back on the objective, tied him up, and then I was like, "I'm ahead by forty points and kill points." Like super tight. I think. I like, think summoning is actually the one thing that makes OBR and Lumineth not busted. Is they don't have a way to. I mean, Lum- I'm sorry. OBR can bring stuff back in pretty horrendous fashion, but again, if you just shoot the characters, that doesn't happen as much. Lumineth do not grind well. Like they, they are very grindy, but in terms of attrition, when they start to wear down, they don't have anything that brings them back. Their only hope really is Life Swarm. But outside of that, yes. So like I was looking at like the list I've been building, right? And like I built that Corn Mortals list, and it's like 150 wounds, and mm-hmm. it's like wow, that's a lot. I built a fucking bone splitters list the other day that was two hundred and fucking twenty wounds. I was like, holy shit. That's unreal. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. And like so there's definitely like when it comes to it, like bone splitters doesn't have great armor, right? So right. like and the thing about corn is a lot of those wounds for me, forty uh, forty five of those wounds were on a two up the whole game because of a prayer. Right. You know, and like a two up armor save unless you're hitting like fighting super elite shit against it, like, like there's not a lot of rent three in the game or reliable. Yeah. And like, even with battle shock, it's like, you got to do 10 wounds to make me minus two to my battle shock test. Yeah. Like, so like there's, there's some shit there with, with skull crushers and shit, but like on the, on, when it comes down to like attrition, like some armies just do it so much better, you know? Yeah. And like bone splitters are putting at least sixty, like you're gonna put at least sixty two wound models on the table. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, pretty nuts too. And you do it for cheap as hell, right? Twenty of them is is one forty. Uh, no, Thirty is three hundred points. That's ridiculous. Because of the horde discount. That's five. That's five points per wound. And they have it. They have. They're a six up regular save. So if you do with the guys with spears, the yeah. regular savages, yep. and they have the they have shields, they have they're a five up six up. So they're ghoul. They're they're actually better than ghouls. Yeah, and cheaper. Um, for sixty wounds, no, three hundred points. 40, 40 ghouls. Thirty ghouls is yeah. That's the thing is it's the wound count, right? That's so forty wounds of ghouls. Yeah, forty wounds of ghouls is three hundred and sixty points. Right. 60 wounds but, is 300. That's absurd. Yeah, but ghouls also come back. Like, you have the, ch- the option yeah, yeah, for yeah. shower. All right. But that's... Okay. I I still think 60 wounds for 300 points is absurdly good. That is almost, I, is almost as points efficient as horrors. I would say that ghouls... Uh, in, a, in a toe-to-toe of... OB, of uh, excuse me. Bone splitters versus feck, I would... Rather be playing bone splitters any day over over playing feck yep. against them. like, and I think I could play my feck well against the bone splitters army. It's just that I feel like if I was the tables were turned, I'd be able to outplay feck with bone splitters easier. Yep. Than my, you know, what I mean, like if so, there's definitely there's definitely some serious shit there, and like I feel like bone splitters is a little overlooked. I feel like some really good players play them, mm-hmm. and like you have to be a really good player to reliably win with them. But at the same time, like. Like I said, they got a lot of tools in their bucket that army, not all armies have access to. Right. So we'll see. You know, maybe, 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 maybe I'm wrong. You know, I could be a fucking idiot for all I know. I mean, 
that's that's a very real possibility. But I I don't think that I don't think those are mutually exclusive. You can be a fucking idiot and still be right about this. Yeah, I mean Benjamin Saba does super good with them, and and uh, uh, Frank Delauch. I don't know how to say Frank's last name, De- dude. Deloche. Deloche. Deloche sounds really fancy, so it we're going to say that. It does. I mean, he's he's a he's a professional chef. Have you seen his Facebook yeah. posts? They're, they look delicious. Oh, dude, I just get hungry. I just yeah. get super hungry. It's, a, it's just um, porn. You know, something that's been super healthy for me is I actually deleted uh, Facebook from my mobile devices. So I hadn't been on Facebook in like six days. That sounds, like I went on today. That sounds delightful. That sounds absolutely delightful. Yeah. It, it really is because, well, for me... Facebook is a good way to get a job. So, like, anyone in the union that, like, kind of adds you, it's kind of like, you should probably add them because yeah. they might be like, hey, this person's hiring and, like, you're out of work. You're like, oh, I'll go work for them. Yeah. Um, but I find that Facebook has the worst fucking opinions shared on it. Like, I, I just can't. I can't deal with it. Right. Like, no, it's it's yeah. it's a shithole. Yeah, and, like... I don't know why. Because, I don't know why it's so much worse than Twitter. I think it's because like you've added. No, it's because because Mark Zuckerberg claims that he because. Oh man, this is this mean, bothers the shit out of me. You mean child child rapist and current and like recently dead billionaire Mark Zuckerberg claims it's not their job to fact check to regulate. Yeah, and also like they recently came out and said like. Well, Mark's Mark's autistic, so he doesn't get racism. So we should allow racism to run rampant on our website. Okay, what I what I actually think it is is that because Facebook existed bef- like way before Twitter, we added and are like connected to more people on Facebook than we are on Twitter. And with Twitter, it's a little bit more selective, and you're looking at like like I use my Twitter almost exclusively for Warhammer stuff, but there is some political stuff on there. Uh, but it's it's more friends I've made in the last five years than like everybody in my life who I've ever interacted with. And Facebook is everybody. And like people's people have changed a lot since I went to Jewish summer camp with them in fucking 2002, you know? So like, like, yeah, yeah. I have no relatives like fucking relatives on Facebook. It's like you can't like be like oh, i deleted my my uncle and then have to spend thanksgiving with them and like yeah one day a year of dealing like ignoring your family's bullshit is easy right but like doing it every day is one thing so like i think like 40 percent of the people i'm friends with on facebook are muted oh yeah absolutely and it's just like i go on there and like, and, and it's like mainly- to contrast that right like to contrast that i think there's maybe maybe three people on twitter that i i follow but have muted yeah like Exactly. Like, like I, for, I follow, I follow them because it's like a mutual respect thing, and I'm not gonna be a dick and unfollow them or block them. But I also have no patience to hear what they have to say, which is really what I use Twitter for is like to hear what people have to say and see their pictures. So like, if if I have you muted and I'm, I still follow you on Twitter, like you are in a select ass group. So like, feel good about yourself in that, but also you won't know, so don't worry about it. Yeah, like for me too, with like with with Facebook, <laughs> with Facebook too, I, I find is like, um, like it's just it's just such a weird place where people feel the need. Like you can have Facebook to stay connected, and like like main if you're like friends with me on Facebook, all you're ever gonna see is shit my wife tags me in, 
and like pictures of me with my kid. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't touch. I don't like. I mean, I guess I, I like reshare articles that I think are valuable, but like I rarely am going to just like post something out of the blue on Facebook. I don't post pictures. I don't post statuses on Facebook. Right? Like you know what it is about Twitter that makes it better is you can retweet something. You could retweet. I'm going to retweet this article. Yeah. And like anyone's interaction with the article isn't coming directly back to you. So their their only reaction to you retweeting anything. A straight up regular retweet right. is to either mute, like, block. Yep. mute, mute, block, or unfollow. Right. Fine. That's fucking cool. Because I don't need you being like, but if I share anything on Facebook, someone's like, hey, this is why you're wrong because I watched, listen to Ben Shapiro. And it's like, dude, the fucking guy's an idiot. <laughs> fucking right. idiot. You know? And like, it's gotten to the point where it's like, and that, and Facebook's like 99% ads, dude. It's just fucking ads. Like, and, they recently came out with a statistic that like 70% of all white power group recruitment has happened through targeted ads on Facebook. Okay. That's because Facebook is irresponsible with, with the power that they have. hundred percent. It's just gotten like, and like I get tons of targeted ads to me because like, like I'm a construction worker and like all this shit. And it's all like super racist shit. I, I don't need to see it. Like, I don't need to like, you know, many times I've seen shirts that are like, yeah, I'm a sheet metal worker and I like guns. It's like, and get out of my way. And I'm like, dude, this is the tiniest dick statement you could ever make. <laughs> and it's not a of, of me as a sheet metal worker. And it's like the number one problem I have with my career choice is like, I go to work and I have to work around people who I like think their opinions suck. And I think that they're undereducated and they're statistically voting against themselves more often than not. And like, like don't understand politics, but are so riled up by like the, you know, by info wars and bullshit. And that's all that Facebook is now. It's just that. Yeah. All it's, the it's a lot more. It's a lot more of like your micro targeted, like not just micro targeted ads, but micro targeted uh, content. And like the, the echo chamber, I think in Facebook is a lot more powerful than it is on Twitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which isn't, to say, like, which isn't uh, to say that Twitter doesn't do it. Like I, I've filtered out people in the hobby that I find annoying. And like, because of that, I don't see them. And I, there is like a bit of an echo chamber on Twitter too, but on Facebook, it is so much more powerful. Yeah. I just feel like, I just feel so drawn. Like every time I go on Facebook and I leave it, I'm depressed. Yeah. It's, I would say yeah. So like, uh, lately with, uh, with my job, like I try to get to whatever, wherever my, like my sales lead is like half an hour early. And just like listen to podcasts, listen to music or, you know, like do something to get my head in the right positive space. And I'll find myself jumping on Facebook and be like, nope, got it. Just shut that down now because I'll walk in there like just frustrated as hell because I had to argue with my uncle about like Black Lives Matter <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know, too, it's like a lot of people I've seen a lot of takes on the Internet recently about people being like just dead that family member. And it's like. You know what? It's not about just my relationship with my uncle or my aunt or my cousin. It's about the what my actions reflect on the family that I do care about. Sure. You know, like, and like, it's it's super hard, dude. Like, and so like, I get it. I get it. Like, I don't interact with any of them. Like, I don't hang out with them. I don't call them. And I see them one or two days a year. And, and I suffer that because, yeah. of, you know, it's just... But at the same time, out of, it's like, out of like a feeling of responsibility. But also, like when you're with like like if you're with, uh, this is like super personal. But like my my dad's brother, like whenever I'm with him, like they we didn't talk for a long time and shit. That's all cool now. And like whenever we're all together, that it's like you know bullshit about stuff. But his political opinions are fucking abhorrent, and his like 
social opinions are, are awful. And it's like, I would have never had to know that about my uncle if I didn't have Facebook. Yeah. So like, that's the other thing. It's a, it's a good and a bad at the same time. You still get that from Twitter, but I'm not in contact with all of those people on Twitter. But I mean, it's like, it's like you said, people like racists and shitheads are just too ready to out themselves. It's like they're waiting, yeah, waiting yeah. for opportunities to be like, all right, cool. Who can I show today that I'm actually the worst? You know what? Want to know something really, really funny? Um, you never liked Robert I, King. Yeah. You never liked Robert King before he turned out to be a shithead on Twitter. No, yeah, <laughs> I, that's true. But I want to say, is the dude who gave us the biggest line of shit about oh, me calling out Ben Rocky, Diesel? Rocky boy. I don't. I don't. No, not him. Someone else. Okay. I'm not going to drop his name. Okay. But that motherfucker posted on Twitter about like. Oh, this is all too negative about Black Lives Matter and shit. I'm like, I need to take a break from social media. And I wanted to be like, yo, you wanted to die on the hill for your friend (laughs) being a personal asshole to my friend. But it's too hard for you to accept that your white privilege is so extreme that you don't understand that racism exists throughout the whole world. You know? And and, and the, the, the takes by some people... Oh man, I want to go on a rant. Can I go on my rant right now? I got a rant. I just want to rant. Why don't we take? No, fucking go. Nope, hit it. No, no, no breaks. This episode, ready? Yep. All, all rant, no breaks. All rant, no breaks. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. It's like it's like Metro was good and in podcast format. Go. All right. Listen. Here we go. Right. Every one of you who posted about how five years ago AOS came into our lives and it was great. You're a fucking asshole. When AOS came out, <laughs> it was. Fucking dumpster fire. It was a shit it was show. I, listen, I'm on a podcast about AOS. I love AOS. I think about AOS a really good chunk of my day. I live for this hobby. I love going to tournaments. I love playing the game. Five years ago, it was the fucking worst thing that ever happened. Do not post about how five years ago that first box came out and I fell in love. You didn't fall in love. The game sucked. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> There was no way to play it besides what was in that fucking box. Anything else that came out after it, you were like, I don't even know what to do with this. There's no way to fucking balance this game. We had three separate community-driven point systems, and you want to talk shit about Ninth Age now? And that's that, one and, and that honestly, one community-driven thing. And You're talking was, about when we had three. Right, and that was the only way it was it was playable, was with MoComp, was with um, the SDK point like systems, because people put in that that work, but like out the box, I, I played out the box. It was not. Yeah, we played out the box. It was fucking stupid. Yeah, and like you try to take you, you tried to take your models, and every game ended up this like big lump of fighting in the middle, which is not fun. There was no tactics. The only no, the game was, like the best the game was, best thing you could do for tactics was like let's have a lump in the middle, and then I'm gonna hold back for a second. I'm gonna kill what you left over, and then you're dead. Yeah, it's so it was the fucking worst. It was absolute fucking trash. Do not glorify five years ago because it wasn't a glorious time. It was awful. We went from having a game that had a complex rule system with legit legit points values. And like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't fucking great. But at least like, it had it, points. <laughs> at least it had points. At least it had the ability to say to my friend like you, hey Jacob, let's play five fifteen hundred points on Tuesday. And you're like, Yeah, all right, let's do that. And it, then it was just like, hey, you want to play some AOS? And like, mm, okay, I'll just pack up my whole fucking collection and put it on the table. And I'm like, oh, you've only got 60 models. I've got 420. Let's play. It was fucking dumb. 
dumb. So don't, I hate that, dude. Everyone's like, oh, five years ago was the best. Like, yeah, it was the start of what became something great. But five years ago, it was probably the fucking worst thing that ever happened. It was so bad. Yeah, but to be fair, like everyone looks back at things with rose-colored glasses and it's no, obnoxious. Don't. No, no, don't I'm not saying they should. I'm saying it's it's fucking stupid. I'm just saying it's not it's not um it's not just AOS people that do that. Like people want to seem like they were they were there first. They were they were like in from the beginning, but also people want to look back on things as positives. Yeah, I just don't I just don't get it, dude. Like like, like I said, bro, like I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you on a Thursday night about AOS. I wouldn't play an AOS RPG. I wouldn't have thousands of dollars of super high quality painted models and go to all the tournaments, go to Australia to play the game to just be like, it was great from the beginning. It wasn't, dude. It was, just admit it. it. Admit, admit it. It took a it took a fucking year for us to get the General's Handbook. And even when that first GHB dropped, the game wasn't that great. It took a long time for them to develop it. Which they could have just done while we were all playing eighth, and it would have been a totally different fucking story. I, I just, well, I don't understand how they went. Like, okay, we have all this stuff pre-made and ready to go. I don't think they had GHB ready to go, but like, looking at the the pace of releases, like this stuff has got to have been worked on two to four years ago, right? Like the model design, a lot of this stuff is has been designed two to four years ago they must have had a lot of stuff in their back pocket before releasing aos they had so much buildup, right like it, it couldn't have caught them off guard the pacing that end times took so when did when did that lawsuit when they lost the lawsuit oh so this is what chapter, i heard a little bird one? a little bird whose name is rob Sons that we're friends with wow and fucking uh clout when he, when he was working at GW, we had this conversation, at, I think, at your house. Yeah, and we probably. Talked more about it at CanCon. But um, Rob was like, that, there's one dude who's a GW exec who's been there from the beginning and can't be told that he's wrong about anything. Right. When the court system told him, like, you can't sue this company because they're making third-party models because you can't copyright this. He was like, fuck this. We're copywriting everything. So they wanted to make it a really original game. Right. Or not even a game. He wanted to make stuff that he could copyright and own. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And that, that's the way he went about it. And it was like super rushed and un, unprepared. Everyone was scrambling because it doesn't sound like GW is a good place to work. No, it does not sound like it's a good place to work. You know, so like it, on the overall... Know, the, like, also, to be fair, it doesn't sound like most game companies are great places to work. No, no, it doesn't. It sounds like Magic the Gathering is the worst if you if you're not a straight white male. I didn't know that, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, ever. a lot of a lot of shit has come out recently. It, it, it is that is what it is, dude. Like we live in a society now where you can't really be a consumerist and not also contribute to things that you probably don't agree with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that goes for everything, like. Like, I don't agree with the standard of the wage in other countries, right? Like, uh, particularly Mexico. I I think that, you know, but like, I own a GMC car because it's a union-made car. It's a union assembled, but everything's built. Everything, all the parts come from Mexico where people are probably getting paid, you know, substandard wages. 
I mean, like, I mean, another example is like, um, I don't, I don't agree with fucking J.K. Rowling, but the work stands on its own. Yeah, I hate. I think Orson Scott Card is a piece of shit, but I really enjoyed Ender's Game. Yep. How great is it though that in twenty twenty, you know, for women's rights, we finally have a female Orson Scott, <laughs> Scott Card. I was I was hoping you were going to make that joke, um, and I've just been, I'm, I like I, I know when I listen back to this, I'm going to be rolling with laughter. Oh, I'm so glad you did it. Well, I'm just JK, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah. I'm just just kidding. Hey, so. hey, uh, how does how does Harry Potter go down a hill? Uh, does he, is he rolling? Walking. Damn. It. JK rolling. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, I, I will say though, it would probably hurt a lot more if it wasn't on grass and he was like actually on turf. He could like hurt himself. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Oh fuck. Hello. I, <laughs> I I really hope Chad listens to the show and is just angry every time we make the same joke for him. Yeah, he definitely doesn't listen. I mean, um, no one does. Actually, yeah, so Rob does. Rob listens. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. Um, him, him and Bud, all three of our listeners. And apparently Dave Whitetech also. Right. That was a surprise. That was a Yeah, he told me about the He's like, I listened to the show and I was like, I don't believe you. But okay. <laughs> uh, he's, um, a, he's a sweetheart, dude. He's, he's good. Oh, he's a really sweet dude. Really sweet guy. He's just super nice. It's like, it's like almost painful. It's, it's like hard to make um, fun of him. It's not that hard. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll still make fun. Of we do it anyway. Right. We do it anyway. We don't. We, let, we don't let things go from ten years ago. Um, <laughs> on the overall, dude, when it comes to AOS, it, it was a work. It's a work in progress, and it's getting better every day. And then there's sometimes where it doesn't get better, and it gets a little worse. But you know, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it. You know, you know? people make I, it are human. If they can take feedback and criticism gracefully, I think that's the important part. I think there's also a lot of the community that could give its feedback a lot more gracefully with a lot less entitlement, right? Like considering we're a like a hugely majority straight white dudes, we come with a lot of entitlement to our opinions mattering. And I don't know, we could, people could, could yell a lot less and listen more or just be accepting of people's mistakes. That doesn't mean we don't want it to be better, but like, I don't know. People are people are make make everything pretty black and white sometimes, which is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, dude. You know what? It's... Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about gatekeeping. I think there needs to be more more gatekeepers for the right reason, and less gatekeepers who are doing it because they are insecure about their dick size. Yeah, I find that the. The number one gatekeeping that bothers me is the hobby gatekeeping, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like, there's definitely army styles that I don't appreciate and I don't like, you know? Yeah. And uh, let's be critical of a friend, dude. I'm not into Vince's Tempest Eye army. I don't, you know, I, but I'm not on the internet like, bah, bah, it's 40K. That's not what bothers me. It's just not, it's just not my thing, you know? And that's okay. And, it, and that's okay. But you're that's not, totally you're not saying, like, you're not saying it has no place in the hobby. You're not calling it lazy. Like, does the style work for you? No. Does it need to also? Yeah. No, it's not your fucking army. 
Yeah, and like there are concept armies out there that look fantastic, and there are ones that don't, and that's fine. Yep. You know, like, and I think everything's a grow like a growing process as a hobbyist, and you need to just work at it. Like, there's definitely, like, I'm not uh, like so personally, like I like I said, I'm doing a commission soon. I'm doing it for a friend, and I would be open to doing other commissions. Because I'm gonna charge people what I think my time is. I wouldn't say I'm gonna charge them what I think my time is worth because I, de- I definitely can't actually do that. You're gonna and charge them what you think is a fair rate. I'm gonna charge them a fair rate comparatively to co- other commission services, right? Um, and that's fine, right? But at the same time, like, like I, I would be frustrated if I went to a tournament and someone won like best paint, like, or in the AFED time, because like I remember Tony's frustrations in AFED being like. He got the same amount of points as me, and I painted my army, and he just paid somebody. Right. And, um, like, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, like, are we going to keep those people from playing in tournaments and and being able to compete and and enjoying the hobby? And when the only part of the hobby that they really enjoy is the game, when they took the effort to go out and, like, pay somebody a couple thousand dollars sometimes, you know? Like, I mean, if you... Not cheap. if If you wanted, like, a... Say you wanted to go to like uh, fucking frontline gaming and like have them paint an army to like a tournament standard. So that's not even like their best standard. It's like they're pretty good that's standard, their base right? Level, right? No, no, no. no, no. Their base level is three is three color minimum, right? So they, then they have it's three color minimum and then like tabletop and then tournament. Tournament standard is like pretty much like like I would say tournament standard isn't like I I paint it probably. I, wouldn't, I don't know. I don't like to say I paint at master class, but like if you go to a commission painter and you're like, give me your top tier, and they're not like, they're not like, uh, like Ben Sava. Like Ben Sava's top tier is top tier shit. Yeah. But like, um, I heard he doesn't like being called Ben, so I try not to no, do he, it. But like, he, say, he goes by Benjamin. Yeah. So, ben, so Benjamin, if you go to Benjamin and you're like, hey man, like I want your top tier, it's going to be a top tier shit and you're going to pay for it, you know? Yep. Um, but like if you go to, like, like a tournament standard is like pretty much like what I would say is like average good, like average good. That's fine, right. You know, and tournament tournament standard paint. tournament standard is saying it's like it looks fine out at three feet at at like one foot. You might notice some some issues, but it's not there to win a best paint. It's there to make sure you don't lose the tournament on paint alone. It's, it's there. It's there to give you pretty much everything that would come in a paint rubric, right? right. Like for max points. Right, that that will cost you like fucking two grand, dude. Yep. So if so, if someone's gonna take the time to improve your everyone else's tournament experience and uh, and pay that kind of money, that's fine to me for them to get full points. Right. Agreed. Uh, and like, well, uh, so it really bums me out that battle point seems to be the only really well differentiated score in a tournament, and so. I do think there should be a differentiation between somebody who paid to get their army done and someone who is putting up best painted type material. Like maybe there shouldn't be a huge difference between someone who, who got a a commissioned army and it looks great. And someone who like did normal tournament level work, right? Like I don't think that up, up to a certain point, it actually needs to be differentiated. But beyond that, like I would be bummed if I put all the work I, that you've put into your corn army and then you go to Adepticon and you see that 
40% of the field got max on their paint score and got the same paint score as you. And like, yeah, maybe you got you like got a, a top table nod and that got you like five points. But out of forty five like out of forty points and you get an extra five points, that's a really small difference. That's less than like the difference between a minor win and a minor loss. Right. So like I'm just I just think that we need to I, I know a lot of people are against this, but like um, I think that we need to see a, a best overall and a best general. That's it. No, I'm, I'm with you. We've But we've been beating this drum for a long time. So maybe it's time that we uh, run our own event. That's true. You're right. Uh, Invites only. Sorry. Yep. We're not going to have any squares at our event. Yep. Circles only, bitches. It's actually going to be run out of the strip joint. Yeah, and we actually won't have any Warhammer played. We're just going to yeah, talk, talk lists and buy couches. What you drinking? I, I'm on my fourth uh, summer ale. So nice. This, this is the last beer I brought with me, so that's fine. Gotcha. I'm doing another... Um, Tennessee IPA from Black Abbey Brewing Company in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a good one. Yeah, I've actually, you, I think I can get Black Abbey in New York sometimes. It's pretty good. It's tasty. It's like a, it's a nice flavor forward IPA without being syrupy or too hoppy. doesn't feel like I'm chewing on yard work or anything like that, but it's got the distinct IPA hop flavor. It's crisp, but it's not, it's not cloying or thick. I feel like sometimes you get, you get like, when they when they get too green tasting, they have to balance that out with either sweet or caramely flavors. Otherwise, it's just one flavor, which is awful. Yeah, for some reason, um, I think I'm allergic to what the the massive amount of hops they put in the IPAs because it gives me the worst hangover ever. Uh, that might just be being thirty, dude. Thirty one. Uh, I hate being thirty. Well, good thing it's over. You're no longer 30. Yeah. Yep. Did we meet when we were 24 or 25? It was 2000, uh, 2013. We were 24, 5, 25. God damn. I've known you for oh, yeah. 20% of my life. Uh, yep. Here's to the making it like to... I can't say 70% because I don't think I'm going to live that long. Well, that's what, was, that's like, what I was going to say. Uh, but it's, it's weird to think about the fact that I lived 80% of my life without you and didn't commit suicide. (laughs) Man. Yeah. I really, it's like weird because most, I read a statistic that most people make their lifelong friends that they're super tight with before they're 18. And I made like two of those. Um, but like, my closest friend in the world is you and we met when we were 25. So Mm -hmm. the, the two, I mean, like I'd say the two people that I care most about in my life are you and Margo. And I met you both within like six months of each other. And you had, when I met you, you had just started dating Margo. Yep. That's how I, that's how I track how long I've known everyone in leadership too. Because like I, I started coming to LD2 a month before and like I started playing uh, fantasy a month before Margo and I started dating. Yeah. I'm like thinking, um, were you there the I time that, that like 
she stormed off from from Rosamond because Ed was being a tool. No, that was like like a week a week before because I started coming right after uh, Infernal Suit. Oh, and that was in the summer, right? That was the end of the summer. Okay, I, I guess I, I was around for like nine or ten months before you showed up. Yeah, because so what happened is I met I I was at um, West Coast GT. Yeah. And uh, I met Hengel. Right. And then oh, Dad. I hadn't I hadn't moved to the Bay. Like, I was at West Coast GT, and Hengel's like, come to QCR. And I was like, yeah, I'll come to QCR. He's like, no, I, I'm the TL. I'll just get you, you. You're in. You're in. And so I'm like, <laughs> sick. So I paid my tournament registration, and I went to QCR by myself. Right. And when I was there, I remember I, like, talked. To, I, knew, I like, knew Tony because I played Tony at, at West Coast GT. And, like, I, I hung out with uh, – with Colonel a lot, which is cool because Colonel was like, "Like, dude, let's just drink some whiskey." I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll drink some whiskey with you." Like, whatever. Yeah. And like, um, like I remember, like after QCR, I like just hung out at the venue and drank beer, and like then I went back to my hotel by myself and like went to bed at like ten. Yeah. And I was I like whatever did hung out and shit and like I remember talking to Ivan a lot about like hey I'm trying to find an apartment in the Bay. I'm looking at Morgan Hill. And he's like Morgan Hill's kind of far, but you should play with us. And, uh, like I was staying in hotels for work in the Bay and I would every once in a while, like I would play Tony at, uh, game castle, Santa Clara. Yeah. And I got my apartment. I had just got in my apartment when we went to, uh, when I went to the infernal zoo, Yeah. like I just, just moved in and, uh, I went to the zoo and like, I met you and Cameron and Derek, like I, I had met Derek before, but like hung out with Derek and I hung out with you guys extensively that night. I was staying at John Lehman's house. And um, Is that the tall one? The really tall dude. That's yeah. one he's, that, he's, really, he's one of the guys we played with in Fresno, right? When no. when Joe and I can't do no, okay. That's Big Kyle. Oh okay, gotcha. John Lehman is like the really thin dude who, who's into rock climbing from Davis. Oh I do remember this. Yeah, because I was when that was when I was still into rock climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was awesome, dude. That was just like a, a straight up good weekend. And then, uh, I started coming up on Tuesdays and I remember my first Tuesday, it was Hengel's birthday. So that's like October. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, we were all sitting at the table. I came up to play and like, we're like, Hengel's, there were guys were like, we're not playing. We're just hanging out. It's Hengel's birthday. And I hung out with Chad and Chad's like, well, I live right by you. Dude, we'll carpool. And then like every, every, it wasn't Tuesday, Thursday, every Thursday, me and Chad would ride up. So that's how we came tied with Chad. And, yeah. and we all started hanging out. And then um, it was, dude, that was the best. Like, that's my number one regret about moving back to New York is like, there's no like Warhammer crew that's close to where I live. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah, go like there, there's like people that play it here, but it's not as, as, as cohesive a group and like as well curated a group. And I mean, like, I, I think we were just we were in the right place at the right time when that group had done so much work to get to the place it was at that we were able to jump in at like I mean, the absolute we, peak. When we joined, a lot of LD2's membership was falling off. Right. But like a year before, they had like 10 more guys that was like there every Thursday. Like it was like you had to like, you had to actually plan out your game. And like, like, you couldn't just show up there there. and drop your stuff before. Someone else took your table. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Like, those were really, really good times. But on the overall, 
I mean, being in New York, like I'm, su- I, I don't know, man, New York is so different from everywhere else in the country when it comes to AOS. Like there's just not a lot of players. You would think the biggest city in the United States would have more m- a more accessible Warhammer community than it does. One, one would think, right? Yeah, like you would think that just because of sheer population numbers, there would be people playing. But and there are there are people playing. You know, what I mean, like there's a group. Like the I mean, the Discord I was in for Warhammer uh, for AOS had like 50, 60 members. Yeah. You know, for the New York area. Yeah. Um, but like the month, the bi-monthly event is run by Marty, who lives in fucking like pretty much. Really? So like, he's in, I mean, yeah, he's in Jersey, but he's like pretty much in Philly. Yeah. So like. I don't know. I said, I don't know if it's just people who are playing their garages or it's just like in New York, in order to live in New York, you kind of have to have, you have to work a lot or you have to make a killing, you know, right. if you're doing either or it's like, you know, it's like, hard this might not be your hobby. Yeah. And like, it's not even, it's just the time, the time effort to carve out. Like, like we play weekly, right? Like could, I don't think I could imagine now carving five hours. Out I of my can't week to, even imagine playing weekly. I would, I would love it. I would be super stoked about it. But like, oh, for sure. But that sounds exhausting. I, I mean, like, getting, getting time during quarantine without having a job to play Soulbound once a week was, like, kind of a lot. Yeah, like, like I said to Lynn today, I was like, "Hey, Smorgan wants to play a game on Saturday morning. It's like, so it's like ten o'clock his time, but eight a.m. our time, and." You know, uh, I would need like four hours to play a game, and she's like, "What?" I was like, "Listen, I get it, but like, fuck, like, I'm not asking you to be like angry about me asking you. I'm asking you because I know it's a challenge. I respect you, and I want to set you up for success." Yeah, but you know, it's just it's hard, dude. It's hard to do anything anymore, and like, and that's the thing. Like, I find that that I am doing is that I'm like sacrificing my time to do warhammer shit like i'm like i should be sleeping but i'm gonna do warhammer shit right i should be you know and that's just life right now you know in a couple years when like me and my wife aren't planning on having more kids so it's just like okay cool one one kid's great and you know when she's three she'll be easier to handle and when she's four she'll be even easier to handle and you know eventually they get to a point where they're like not that interested in you right and they'll they can like entertain themselves fully yeah so so there's definitely you know some time in the future it's just you know you you want i want to play dude that's what i want to do i want to fucking play yep but you don't want to you also don't want to miss out on like being a father yeah yeah exactly 100 percent true but i also think that um you know in order to maintain a healthy relationship in a marriage both parties of that marriage need you know, some of their own. Yep. And, you know, I, I have that, <clears throat> you know, I have Warhammer and, you know, I, I try to encourage my wife to, to do more with her friends. And, find find you something know. to do. Yeah. You know, she's like, like, and it's not you know, like, when, it's, when can I go away from a weekend? I'm like, anytime you fucking want, I go away for a weekend whenever I want. Yeah. Right. It's just, you're, you're the one that's holding yourself back on that. You know? Right. Uh, I wouldn't say that Warhammer gives us worth or like gives me a feeling of self-worth too much of the time. Like I, I do have fun and I do 
think that I get emotional value out of all the fun we have and like the shit we do. Probably not out of like winning, but like out of, you know, putting in effort on a project and getting that stuff done. But I do think it's important for both partners in a relationship to have things that fulfill them outside of the relationship, outside of being a parent. Yeah, I think I think for me, the number one thing I'm, I plan on doing when the pandemic is, you know, nipped in the bud and we're not on the verge of like a complete social and political revolution is like, let's make sure that like, I mean, like, I want to make my weekends like almost every weekend something interesting, Yeah, which is hard. It's super fucking hard, right? Because you're tired and you want to take the time to, to kind of recoup. But, like, if I could do that as a parent and as a husband, like, always make sure that, like, hey, this weekend we're going away, we're going to do this. And this weekend we're going to go do that. And that weekend. And then the, the fourth weekend or the fifth or the twelfth weekend or whatever it is, I'm, I'm going to go play Warhammer. Right. Make sure you, you do like, you. You know. And, like. Daddy's got to roll some dice. Yeah. Dad has to go get stupid drunk with Uncle Jacob. You know what's really funny is. is Lily has like started talking about you a lot when <laughs> she's just like talking. She'll be like, so sometimes she'll be like, um, she was like, we have like all the pictures that we took. We took, we got physical copies of them and we have them in like a book. Uh-huh. Right. And so like one of the pictures the wedding? is the picture, of, uh, not just the wedding, like just Lily's whole life. Oh, right? sure, so yeah, one yeah. of the pictures is, is, is you holding her and she yells, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, so I, mean, now, I also have like, a, I also have a, a like a book of pictures of her life, and every time I see the picture of me holding her, I shout Jacob. Also, yeah. <laughs> so um, when now when Lily's like running around the house, sometimes she'll just yell out the names of people, and she'll be like, "Aunt Kate." She calls my sister. My sister, we call her Kate, mm-hmm. right? Even though she's Kathleen, right? Um, she she'll yell like Aunt Cake. She calls her Cake. It's really funny. <laughs> She'll be like, Aunt Cake. And I'll be like, yeah, Aunt Kate. And she'll be like, Aunt Caitlin, which is my, my wife's sister. Yeah, yeah. And she'll name like all relatives, but she always yells Uncle Jacob. Uh, I just really hope Jacob Poop uh, catches on. Oh. Yeah, that was really funny because she was crying because she pooped. And I was like, it's okay. Everyone poops. Everyone poops. She's like, everyone poops. I'm like, everyone poops. Daddy poops. Mommy poops. Nanak poops. Everyone poops. It's fine. And she's like, Jacob Poop. And I'm like, yeah, Jacob Poops. <laughs> that's that's amazing god i want to see i want to i want to see your family again dude i really i really hope i guess summer slaughter's already off and i guess du bois is already off but i really want to find a way to make it back to new york for a tournament again soon yeah but right now you have to quarantine for 14 days if you come to new york so yeah like after leaving New York or if I'm going to come to New York? If you come to New York, they're, they're pushing for uh, a mandatory quarantine. Okay, well, I'll just, I'll fly to Pennsylvania. And then I'll just, I'll walk in. Yeah, you can fly to Newark and then take a train in. Right, exactly. I'll just swim. So, yeah, dude, I'm just super, I'm just, like, I know we're a long way away from being back to just, I'm not going to say we're going back to normal because normal is never going to happen again, but like back to playing Warhammer like we did. Yeah. Or even close to. And like just fucking going to something and like 
rolling some dice. All right, hold on. Do you want to do you want to make a bet? Because I I love to make Warhammer bets and lose money. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna let you set the event. I'm gonna let you guess either the month or the actual event that we see each other again, and I will bet. So like, imagine you're Vegas. You're setting the line. And either you pick an event or a month, and then I'm going to say before or after, after you set the line. And the, the loser has to buy the winner whatever kit they want. GW kit. All right. I'm going to be concerned. Bobo 2022. You think it's the next time we see each other? Or the next time, the next, the next time we play at a tournament together? The earliest we play at it, because that makes sense. If you go, if you go to okay, the early, way too easy. Yeah, the well, you're gonna say before or after, right? right? So I'm gonna say the earliest me and you are drinking and playing Warhammer again together at a tournament. None of this house party shit, and none of this boys, none of this boys' weekend shit. Doesn't count if we do like yeah. a little RTT with our friends. Yeah, it's gonna be Bobo 2022. God. You're making this too easy, dude. There's no way that's the the next time we do. There's yeah, well, there's it is. no way it's a year. It's it's like two years from now. Oh no! Wait, yeah, 2021. I don't even know what year it is. So next, I should have taken I should have taken the easy money and just run with it. Next May. That is a solid, solid line to set. Um, trying to think of what would come before that. So there's Adepticon, which is oh, hold on. Let, let, let me let me think it out. I don't want I don't want your help. What about CanCon? I know that's what. I, well, I'm 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 working I'm working backwards. Uh, Adepticon, big ass con, maybe not safe, but pretty accessible. But that weekend often falls on Lindsay's birthday. And I haven't looked at how the calendar falls this time, but it's been a struggle for you outside of the last two years to make Adepticon. So Adepticon, not reliable. Vegas has opened up significantly too soon right now. But I Yeah, I was the LVO's out for me this year. You mean in two thousand twenty one? Yeah, this next Vegas is yeah. up for me. CanCon. There's no way they're letting Americans into the country in six months. Right. I don't know why I'm helping you. I know you're you're making it you're making it easier on me. Uh, I'm gonna go. Before Bobo 2021, and I'll tell you my reasoning. It's Paca or Holy Wars in February. Mm. All right, well, I'm glad that you're going to be buying me something. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh. <laughs> Gonna, I'm just gonna give you another creature caster model. I still have like three. 
No, no, no. I'm going to want an El one of the El Guzzler Gargant models. El Guzzler Gargant? The El Guzzler Gargant models. I'm Nathan Prescott. Uh, <laughs> dude, I fucking... I really want to hang out with, with Nathan Rob again. Like, Rob Rob is good enough at picking up the phone, but I, I don't talk on the phone to uh, to Nathan. I'll, like, I'll call... Our Australian friends, I'll call Scrivo, I'll call Rob. I've never once called Nathan on WhatsApp. <laughs> I, I, I text Nathan a lot about, like, the work I was doing on my house. Sure. And been like, what do you think about this? And he's like, man, I'd be like, you hiring? And he'll be like, nah, let's go to Australia, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we should wrap this up. Oh, are you, I, I thought this was the cold open. Oh, yeah, two hours and five minutes of cold open. Yep. All right. So on the uh, the show notes for today, we've got listener questions. Okay. Uh, did, oh. did you text out to get listener questions? I thought you did that. Oh, I didn't do it. Did you do it? No. If I thought you did it, why would I do it? I don't know. I, I mean, you've been taking control of every other Twitter account that I've created, a.k.a. Soulbound and Down. Uh, we have 65 questions from Jared Nelman. <laughs> Forty-two of them are regarding Martin Orlando and a Broadway <laughs> tune. Um, we should touch on Soulbound and Down. Soulbound and Down has been an excellent time. It's been so um, much fucking fun. Unfortunately, Dan's employment has gotten kind of in the way of us continuing, so that's why we're recording a podcast on a Thursday night. Yeah, what the fuck, Dan? Yeah, it's just what it is, dude. I know. You know, I'm just being difficult. It was, it's bound to happen because. The moment Tristan goes back to work, it's it's pretty much over. Yeah, I, I feel you. Um, considering how late we were starting the show with him, so Dan's Dan's work was unfortunately the catalyst, but it was it was it was bound to happen if not from your job or from Tristan's or from us having to lose Will because his his kids and their sleep cycles have been super off. Like it was just a matter of time. Um, but now I'm I'm just hopeful that we'll like be able to carve out you know, like a five or six hour session every, every two months or something like that. And we can just go to fucking town. I don't, I don't even care if we play like once a month and like for two hours. And then like once a year we do like a boys weekend. Yeah. Like I, I could care less. Like the stream is a really cool like function, but at the same time it's like, we, and we only ever had like 10 people following, but it was, it was fun, you know? I don't really. It wasn't. It wasn't ever about the stream. The stream was a fun afterthought, but it it did provide us with like a sense of regularity of like, well, we got to do Thursday nights because we've said to people that this is when we're going to do the stream. Never mind. Yeah. Hey, we start at eight, and we usually start by eight forty-five. Yeah, I think telling like telling my wife like, hey, we're going to do this on stream also made it like a well, I have to go now. Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> You know, but like keeping an RPG group is, together is always really hard when you have other hobbies and other things going on in your life. Yep, but also so, it gives us more things to do. If like, let's say we do go to a tournament and like it's the Friday night, and and two or more of us are at that tournament, we could like set up a Skype or set up like a an like a a hybrid RPG session instead of having to do purely remote. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's been the shit. I really want to keep doing it. It just sucks that we can't, and the, that's what it is. So. Totally. 
I I was surprised at how much I liked the mechanics of that game. And also yeah, surprised at how quickly say, you and I broke it. I would say that um, I'm ready to play role-playing games again. Yeah. A level that I wasn't. Do you think you that's know, a factor like, of, um, of quarantine or just of how much fun you had playing SB&D? Um, I would say it's a little bit of both, but like um, there's so many different games out there that you can really do a lot. Yeah. I definitely want to run uh, Dread. So like our, the guys I play D&D with like have a bit more of an extended group and there's, there's enough people that they'll like randomly do one shots, but also randomly sometimes we'll just we'll do one shots at like christmas or something like that for uh and like include the wives and stuff like that and dread would be such an accessible and easy and fun thing to do for like i want to play everyone what's that for all what oh it's like accessible for for like not just like the 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 bros and the dudes to play but like get the wives involved you don't have to learn mechanics It's it's just like cool you're gonna pull two jenga tiles all right that's super difficult uh, David, go ahead and pull a Jenga tile with your teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's a hundred percent a great Halloween game. I want to play everyone as John. I want to play that with you. So, uh, for listeners, have you ever heard everyone is John? Is everyone's a voice or personality, and a guy named John who has a split personality disorder, and everyone has an agenda, and they're all trying to. Comp- to com- like complete whatever their agenda is. What's what and are then, the mechanics in terms of of like skill checks or achieving things or like d twenty d six whatever? It's it's not. I, I can't remember what the dice roll is, but there's it's basically like a poker system where you like oh, that's make right. to, con- to control John, and then once you're controlling John, you have to get him to like commit. Like say like say me and you were playing as players and like i don't know pick an agenda my agenda is going to be like i'm going to get him to start fires right. and mine is to get laid okay so like so like, we're, like we're, we're, we're just playing ourselves here <laughs> <laughs> yeah like whoever completes the agenda most wins so right. there, there is co- competitive uh aspect to it but it's just it just seems like really ridiculous and i think it'd be really fun to play so i mean Whenever we get the Rage of Sigmar Boys Weekend going, it will it will be lit. So, you know what we should so. do is we should we should take all these and put them into an AOS setting so we can play like everyone is Hamilcar. <laughs> and you're in Tempest Eye, yeah, that'd be really funny. Right, so. And there's like there's warring, so like instead of having split personality disorder, like he was reforged poorly one time, so every oh, version yeah. of himself is now back trying to get control of him that'd be really good that'd be really good god i'm such a good dm yeah you're killing it thanks bud <laughs> do you want to do these listener questions or do you want to leave those for next time we have we yeah um i i don't want to do 62 questions from jared jared nugman <laughs> nugman no, yeah nugman because he smokes mad weed Oh, fuck. All right. Well, well, this has been Rage of Sigmar. You can reach us if uh, in a number of ways if if you want to do that for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> um, one, we have our uh, podcast page, which is at of Sigmar Podcast, and then you can reach uh, Jacob at at Big Jables, and you can reach me at uh, him h y m n of serpents. 
you can email us at uh podcast at gmail.com that's our email address uh, and uh we, we, have do, we do have a facebook for some reason in case yeah. your uncle wants to get in touch with us <laughs> yeah yeah if you want if you want to just post racist ignorant shit don't to fun just, just don't how, how about that and um we out that's it yeah, I'm Joe Pagano. Uh, this is Rage Sigmar. Big Jables is here as our co-executive intern of the month. And uh, I don't know. What else do you want to say? Anything? You, were, you were doing so well at wrapping it up by yourself. I was going to let you just yeah, knock it out. Yeah, I only ever failed at wrapping it up once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. man, and that's why I have a daughter. Yeah. This has been Rage of Sigmar, and uh, until next time, get fucked. Uh, would you look at that? Yeah, would you, would you look at that? <laughs> would you just look at it? Look at it. All's my life I has to fight, nigga. All's my life I hard times like yeah, bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down One Mac 11, even boom with the face down Scheming, and let me tell you about my life Painkillers only put me in a twilight With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings On my record, I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record uh. Tell the world I know it's too late Boys and girls, I think I've gone great Trying to side my faces all day Won't you please believe when I say When you know we've been hurt, been down before Nigga, when our pride was low Looking at the world like where do we go Nigga, and we hate poor poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright right. Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright we gon' be alright, do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright What you want? You a house, you a car for the acres and the mule A piano, a guitar, anything See, my name is Lucy, I'm your dog Motherfucker, you can live at the mall I can see the evil, I can tell it I know it's illegal, I don't think about it I deposit every other zero Thinking of my partner, put the candy pen in on a Rico Digging in my pocket, ain't a profit Big enough to feed you every day my logic Get another dollar just to keep you in the presence of your chico ah! I don't talk about it, be about it Every day I seek you If I got it, then you know you got it Heaven, I can reach you Pet dog, pet dog, pet dog, my dog, that's all Big back and chat, I trap the back for y'all I rap, I black on tracks, so rest assured My rights, my wrongs, I write till I'm right with God When you know We've been hurt, been down before Nigga, when our pride was low Looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate poor poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright
nights in my prayers. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for 